When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. My mic, my mic, my mic. Can you hear me, folks? Yes. Welcome to the C3 Panthers Podcast. I opened up my soundboard and it is missing. Holy cow. Uh, Tuesday night, latest, uh, longest running Panthers podcast. My name is Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor Cody Lashney. My wheel man take over while I reboot this little voice meter. Yeah, no problem. You are now watching the premier Panthers podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast, the C3 Panthers podcast. We're so happy for everyone to be joining us, man. We had some joint practices today, and boy, do we have some opinions to give. I know I do, certainly relating to Matt Rule. We now know who the left tackle for the Carolina Panthers is. It might be who you expected. It might not be who you wanted. We still have a quarterback competition to talk about. But first and foremost, you know we're going to do this with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You boys already know them and love them. It's our man Drew, Anthony Price, Carolina M, Craig Cartner, D'Angelo the Legend, David Screws, Jay Prey, Jake Issue. What's up, bro? JD860 Floor. Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel. Noah2023. Matt knows nothing. Robbie Switzer, Tim Estes, and Sideshow Rob. Pardon me if I didn't get to every single name. Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number's 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Panthers training camp, Panthers Confidential, and tonight's show's title, Matt Rule Mismanaging Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, or... Is this joint practice popping off? And it turns out that uh, Frankie Louvu doesn't do the haka. It's actually something very similar to the haka, but it's the Samoan haka. They just, I feel like all of a sudden uh, the Panthers were listening to our podcast and they go, oh, let's make uh, Frankie Louvu's haka a big deal (laughs) over the last couple of days. Fisticuffs, fisticuffs have broken out in uh, Panthers joint practices with New England. 
Uh, one troll account has gotten people riled up saying uh, that Mac Jones was up in Brian Burns' face saying, hold my nuts or something like that. It was just a joke. So many people fell for it. Ridiculous. Uh, not ridiculous, but just go ahead and just Google through the comments or look at the guy's post to see what's happened. So we've got that. We've got Camp Conf- Confidential. What we've learned about this team. We've got important battles we're going to be talking about Um when it comes to who our starting left tackle is, who the heck is the starting quarterback as we continue to do this. And what I'm most excited about and talk about is people stepping into new leadership roles on this team, or the torch has been passed to guys like Taylor Moten, Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson, which we knew Brian Burns. And these are big shoes to fill for guys like Cam Newton, Greg Olson, uh, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, people of the past, but good news. Rookie Matt Corral has got giant feet, so he can step right <laughs> into those shoes. We want you to be a part of the show. Smash the thumbs up button and give a big hello to the voice that makes a moist CK in the house. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man. Uh, I'll give you one guess. Living the dream. Living the dream, man. Yeah, he is. You know, and, and and listen, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in C3 uh, and the C3 background that uh, we have yet to tell you guys about. But um, listen, they can't be more true as time continues to go on. And and you guys are helping us uh, get to uh, certain milestones and whatnot. And um, and uh, listen, I can't be happier to be talking with a group of guys uh, with uh, with uh, some of the most rowdy chat uh, on, on any Panthers YouTube out there. Um, so I'm just ready to get uh, get started talking about uh, some of this stuff because I have some opinions about what I've been hearing over the past few days, uh, starting with a, a press conference from the uh, post game after that. Oh yeah, uh, I need you to walk me through that in a little while. Lynn Leonhart in the chat. Hey Lynn, um, I have not forgotten about your message. By the way, she sent me a message on Twitter DM. Uh, I was traveling out of the country at the time, I believe, and it just kind of slipped past. We're not doing the C3 Fantasy Football Challenge this year. I just didn't have the T-shirt plan and all of that. Um, so next year, we're going to bring back the giant one. The giant one was, it's a big deal. It's a lot organized and really kind of postponed it when when COVID happened because there were so many moving parts that if they canceled a game, I didn't know how we were going to deal with it. People getting put on the COVID list. But things are settling out. I think it's time to bring back um 35 subscribers away from 4k i know that 4k is not a giant number when most people listen to that uh, or listening right now when it comes to youtube but our youtube community is particularly special and this is not diminishing any other people's youtube communities that are in even in the same genre but we might not have the giant subscriber numbers that may be some other chance clearly mr beast in greenville north carolina 100 million subscribers can you believe that that's insanity um but we might have smaller numbers but the views to subscriber ratio for us is incredible right like 96 percent of our views or some insane amount of like that comes from people who subscribe to the show so it's like not only our subscribers subscribe to the show they watch the show So it Mm -hmm. means a lot to us where we're getting close, hitting 4K. And once we hit 4K, man, I know 5 and 6 and 7 is just coming next. So help us get to that milestone. Uh, Also, um, if you're interested in some fantasy, um, daily fantasy sports, 
or maybe trimming up your man parts. Don't go and buy those things just yet. In about a week and a half, maybe next week, we'll start teasing out. Not only teasing, but you can help the show by not only subscribing, calling in, but we're going to have some big, big sponsors we're going to be dropping on you guys in a little while. And you can support us by supporting them. If you like that kind of stuff and you buy it and you mention us, uh, it will help us go a long way. And you can always donate directly to the show. You see the info down at the bottom, Cash App, PayPal, Super Chats, all welcomed and appreciated. Don't ask for it, but thank you. We do love y'all's support. We love your insight more than anything. And I love the insight, the creativity, the enthusiasm that the stat daddy, the bat daddy, Greg, how are you doing, my friend? As you bring to the show, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, man. In the past oh, week, I... Oh, Ooh. no, not anymore. No, right. no. Can you hear me? Okay. I was about to say, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, I've oh, had a, uh, oh, I've had a uh, fan, fan fest. Come back out. Come in, Tony. I can do no. Tony can't hear me? Okay. Well, I've had a fan fest this week, which has been fantastic. I've had a Panthers win, a first look at Baker Mayfield. Now I'm here to talk to you guys about all this stuff. It's coming up Millhouse for me. I- I'm enjoying what's going on so far. But uh, yeah. I'm ready to talk some Panthers football. Nice. Can you hear me now? No, you still don't hear him? I can't hear him. Oh no, what? that's not good. I know. Let me I'm gonna ask let, me call, let me come out and come back. It's in. Such a weird thing to have happen, guys. The whole reason we like this streamyard is because, and it was just working right before the show. Yeah, I know. That's, so, that's so confusing. I don't know. All right. Uh, so you still can't hear Cody me? comes Tony? back and Greg continues to be the man with the moving mouthpiece. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave. We're gonna do a dance. Do a little dance. Sing a little song. Cody, last me tonight. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to have to leave. Greg, you leave and come back. I'll leave and come back. Cody, tell them what the first topic is. It's the joint practices, man. Oh, yeah, man. Listen, uh, I named tonight's show Matt Rule Mismanaging Baker Mayfield uh, because I think that it's about time that we had this conversation, man. Uh, we've been having it for a while, um, but we need to talk about Today's joint practices with the Patriots because I do think they were telling um, in some of the things that happened. Um, according to reports, it was not a good day for either offense, be it the Patriots or the Panthers. But one of the things that we did notice consistently was that both Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald did not look very impressive. Oh, that's right against the Patriots' first-team defense. So my question is, and it's basically, uh, we're just going to jump right into it tonight, is Matt Rule hindering Baker Mayfield by us continuing to not, you know, just name him the starter and giving uh, Sam Darnold more reps than, frankly, he deserves? And I wanted to go to... Um, our man Joe Person on this issue because he, you know Joe, you know he he really has this kind of mindset that you know that this whole thing is just for mouth service. This is how beat reporters are talking about this. He says it might not be Wednesday or even immediately after Friday's preseason game here, but sometime soon, Rule is going to announce that Mayfield will be the team's week one starter against Cleveland. And CBS suits will rejoice. And like you did in reference to Aquanu, Rule can say Mayfield earned it and that Darnold was given his shot. 
Now, we're going to talk about Akuma Kwanu playing left tackle here in a minute. But given reports that <sighs> Baker Mayfield did not look very impressive today, kind of off rhythm with his receivers, is this another example of our players being done dirty by Matt Rule, putting them in a position where they're not able to find a cohesive rhythm with one another? Because yes. I think you probably already know what I feel. This is Matt Rule's modus operandi, okay? The mode with which he operates is putting players in a position where they have to overcome all these needless obstacles before they do the job they were brought here to do. So, what say all of you? Listen, I'll, I'll give you my opinion right out of the gate. Um, I've, I've said it. I've been a bit vocal about this. I think we're making grave a grave mistake. Uh, and I, I won't say grave. I think it's a, it is a temporary hindrance um, with this quarterback battle. And I don't even think it's a matter of making Baker feel confident because he earned it. I think it has everything to do with Matt Rule just trying to make Sam Darnold not feel bad, right? I feel like there's he's trying to protect the pride of Sam Darnold, um, and uh, and because here's the thing, let me let me ask you a question: Do we believe, in all honesty, that if we had successfully traded for Deshaun Watson, do you really believe that they would be having a battle right now? No. Right. Not at all. Hey, I don't think on. they should, but I think that Matt Rule, being the guy that he is, would say they were going to. No, oh, but, but I'm I'm be right behind you on this, CK. Just so you yeah, know, I, I, I don't think I, I don't I think agree with what you're saying. I don't think there is yeah. a shot in hell that David Tepper would be letting there be a, a, a any type of quarterback battle if they had traded those assets for Deshaun Watson. Now, am I saying they're on the same level? No, right? Uh, Deshaun Watson clearly has uh, had. Uh, I wouldn't say more success, but he's had a better track record of being a consistently good quarterback in this league, right? Um, Baker hasn't had that benefit of the doubt, right, um, when it comes to that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's wholeheartedly a problem that's going to come back and cause some problems uh, for Baker, and it's going to cause there to be some uh, some issues there. And I said in one of my uh, – there was a uh, – I can't remember who it was who had made a post about this saying, you know, how impactful it is to Baker Mayfield. I, we've talked about this. I, I'm not even so much worried about the impact it's having on Baker Mayfield. The fact that we still are maintaining the idea that Sam is going to be on this team moving into the season is absolutely crazy, right? Yeah. There should uh, be no reason for that. CK, before you continue to go forward, you're making great points here. Tony can't hear you. So when Greg came out and then it fixed it. So you come back out and then, um, and, and I'll, I'll continue upon his point though. Uh, to me, this is you know this is 100% a, a Matt Rule thing. Um, I I 100% uh, agree with you. CK, were you done with your statement? You want to continue, bro? Well, let's uh, see if it fixed it. Yeah, did it fix it? Yes, Greg. Right. Nice. Perfect. Can you? Yes. Yay. yay! Oh my God! All now right. We're like a quartet oh again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you look Man, great. Whatever you were saying, you look fantastic. I felt <laughs> like this is like CK jumped right in there too. He was like, I got something to say about this. He came in strong. It was good, I too. Know, I know. Yeah. Uh, my boy, uh, Kevin, who's in the chat, KG, uh, he sent me a message where he, he commented on Facebook. He said, Baker went three for 10. And yeah. uh, Darnold had an interception and batted down. He went, <laughs> he said this, he quote, quote, we literally went out and traded for a headache. 
They are both turnover machines, but at least Sam is a threat to run, especially near the goal line. You know, I disagree. I think they're both equal threats to run. They're both the same. Same. But here is that clearly there is unfamiliarity, right, with the system and some different things or whatever. Why do you guys think that Baker looked so sharp in the preseason in that and then today maybe in practice struggled? Well, I have one suggestion, and no, and I don't, I haven't heard anybody say anything about this. Is we always talk about the offense playing good or bad during practice, but we never talk about the defense. Can we maybe just maybe the defense just had a really good day? They did. They had. A you know, I mean, I mean, day. could it could it be just Both. that that we have a decent defense and they had a really good day in practice, and because of that, the offense suffered? Because you're not going to know if you have a good defense unless the offense suffers. Right. Period. Both. Yeah. Well, so if the offense has a good day, day every day, there's something wrong with your defense. And to add on top of that, whenever you're playing another team, now you're starting to see all the defensive fronts that you're going to see during the season. Credit to Matt Rule. He did say that today they went up against like 70 or 72 different defensive looks. And that definitely is going to How is that even off, possible? You know? I don't know. I'm just telling you that's what Matt Rule said. <laughs> like, what the that, fuck? I think he's you know, That's another nerd. Matt Rule is. I know. We're going to. Dude, Matt Rule, we're, we're going to go deep on him. But my you know, my, my thing with this quarterback conversation is, listen, it'd be very easy for me to come in here and say, here we go again. I was right, everyone. Baker Mayfield's already missing his receivers, looking terrible. But no, I'm not going to do that, man, because I know who Matt Rule is because he continues to show who he is. He continues to go forward with these competitions that aren't really a competition. It's only mouth service. And at the end of the day, we're not giving all of our starters that we know are going to be starters enough time to be prepared come the season opener. Like, everyone knows that Sam Darnold is not going to be the starter. And you're really doing a disservice to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Tommy Tremble and all the other targets that you've acquired for Baker Mayfield by not letting him have the time to really get in there and really be with the guys that are going to be your ones all season. How, you know, I wonder if they even ran 70 offensive plays. Like, how do you have 70, I, I di- like yeah. two different looks on every play, three different looks on every play? Here is this, uh, I saw this as one of the... um the media people for the Pats put this up and they said, look, look at the Panthers media guide for this. And look, it really highlights exactly the two positions we're talking about here. Tat Eflin or Bradley Bozeman as starting today. <laughs> Quarterback Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Um, right. You know, one of the things that we would have probably said at one point where I'm going to take this down now is uh, this is, this is what they do in college. And I'm not saying that I'm, I don't know if it's really how much it's affecting um, how crisp these guys are just yet. I'm not really ready to panic on any of this, you know, so what that we didn't have a sharp day against a team that you expect to be especially defensively sound. You know, I mean, a Bill Belichick team is always going to be a good defense. They're right. When the top D's in the league year in and year out, um, and you're bringing in all new, you're on their home turf and their environment, you know you're already out coached 
<laughs> right? I mean, but I'm just saying, it's like, I'm not ready to freak it. You know, I saw the people, uh, oh, some Fins fans, some Dolphins fans, freak, you know, two or three, three picks today. Um, and it's just like, oh, you know, so I'm not going to completely freak out about it, but I do agree. And I think we've been saying it is that this competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold is ultimately lip service. Is that imagine having the gusto? If you're, what if Matt Rule ran a two quarterback system all season? Oh God, I, I didn't think that it would be possible for me to not be able to stand him <laughs> any more than I do, and yet that that could certainly happen too. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Can I say that I actually would like to see how a two quarterback system would work, but not with a Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield combo. Or you'd need you, you'd need something like a like a like a Drew Brees Cam Newton combo to to see how that would work. You know, but, I think but you should I, just I, put I them both know. out there at the same time, and yeah. you don't know who the snaps <laughs> go into. Just have them line up beside each other. Do some real and, college uh, on one play, shit. they snap it to the left. On the other play, they snap it to the legal. right. <laughs> I wonder if that's I legal. somehow uh, doubt yeah. it, but um, uh, you I can mean, take, well, yeah. you can take a direct snap to the running back, and he can throw it. Why couldn't you have two quarterbacks line up? Right. The right. Position, um, you know? And then uh, Bradley Bozeman, speaking of Bradley Bozeman, uh, suffered some sort of injury. They don't think it's going to be that big of a deal or they don't think it's serious. But he was he limped off and then was carted off. So a lot of questions right there at those two positions. I mean, at, 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 mm-hmm. you know what is not only are we asking them, the Panthers are asking them. They're asking them more than we are or just as much. Yeah. And so I'm not going to freak out just yet about this. Um. Did you see uh, Robert Kraft pull up in the helicopter, dude? No. Did he big time David Tepper? I no. didn't even see. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was all over Twitter. It was making its rounds. As Robert Kraft came in in a damn helicopter, man. You know, I wonder what uh, David Tummy Tepper did. Uh, no. He was out there. I saw... Uh, one of the PMP guys, because one of them lives in Massachusetts. He lives in Boston or somewhere right out there. Was at that, and he had a picture taken with Tepper. I used to have a picture with Tepper, but it was my fat picture, so I took it down. So, uh, so we got that. Uh, these joint practices. Did you also? Um, what is the what is the sign the Patriots run in their yard now? Did you guys see that one too? The no no bull. That's a that's yeah. a that's a clothing line. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Everybody was saying that. I was like, yeah, it's that's a closing. closing that's line. an it's advertisement. Actually, yeah. Well, if you uh, if you look, the um, Pat McAfee was actually talking about that brand today. They're now the new sponsors for uh, the combine. Um, the combine. Okay. So all the clothes the players are going to be wearing at the combine from now on are going to be, or at least for next year, are going to be uh, those uh, those clothes that clothing line. So no bull is the new name for new era. New era has been rebranded to no bull. So, All if right. anybody wonders, like, where the hell they just well, man, came uh, from? Twitter led me astray on that. I'm obviously not hip enough on clothing uh, to know that. Speaking um, of clothing, you could get a t-shirt like this. CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Go there. Buy one of those. Yeah. Find <laughs> a link in the show description. Um, um, what's next? So, well, I mean, yeah, but before we uh, kind of move on to this left tackle thing, you know, I, I did want to, you know, continue to put that out there. Baker Mayfield. He was inaccurate today, based on all reports. So, by the way, uh, the Patriots YouTube channel, they had a live stream that was audio oh, only. Dude. And, dude, the, the commentators were so bad listening so to that. Bad. And they were uh, official, too. Like, it's yeah. not even, 
that's the hysterical thing about it. It was like they were garbage, bro. Like the entire time, the in like and and I know we do this, but the entire time, the only things they could say were, well, I guess Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Like they said like eighteen times, dude. And then they were talking about every time uh, uh, Mayfield would overthrow somebody, but that's what he does. You know, they were just like oh, fucking mad shit, dude. What yeah. dicks? Like, oh my well, god, they and are they, saying, they are New oh, Englanders. You know no. what else they said? They said these Panthers players are dirty, man. Like yeah. they were talking about how. How dirty our Panthers players were. Yeah, that we were the ones starting fights, that we were the ones being chippy, that the Patriots sideline was way more mellow than ours. Mm, I'm sure. Dude, they were just going full homer on it. But hey, dude, what are you going to expect from some Patriots fans, you know? Like, well, that's really what they are at the end of the day. In, uh, interestingly, it was two Patriots that got kicked out and only one Panthers, Panther player. Well, yeah. that's, uh, th- that's because I think that the one Panther player, who was it? Um, Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson was throwing, uh, throwing haymakers, bro. Yeah. Probably yeah. with helmets on, like throwing haymakers yeah, with guys with helmets on, like helmet. I know, idiot so stupid. football Man, but what else do you do? You guys kick, kick them? You got it. Well, no, man. I mean, you're right. There's nothing else you can do, but like, I'm not going to punch a guy who has a helmet on. Grab the face mask, rip him to the ground, yeah. take that thing off. Like, do something. Like, you're dumb if you punch a helmet. Right. You know, these fights work. happen, though, so I'm not even upset. Like, I mean, I'm this is happening throughout the league and all of this, but two Patriots got kicked out and only one Panther. That's what I'm saying is that at the end of the day, we may have had a guy that was throwing punches, but it wasn't like these other guys were scrumming it. And then that begged a question right away, and we'll skip ahead one topic and we'll come back to the offensive line, Cody, is uh, CK brought this up. I think CK was on this before everybody, dude. Uh, yesterday as we were, or as we were heading up into these joint practices, CK says, what are we got to find out more about this Brian Burns, Mac Jones joint. Uh, remember, um, I guess, was it last year, Mac Jones either fumbled or threw a pick or something to that effect and ended up like, um, in a scrum with Brian Burns. And he then twisted and held on held on and twisted we've diagnosed this video to the nth degree panther fans thought it was a dirty play new england players saw no foul no harm and uh in their savior mac and cheese jones um but then some account today did you see the tweet that took off i did i I can pull it up um i got it right here is i think i got it I can pull it up right here is this is that this also made its round on Twitter. I like this. Um, <laughs> Simon Charles uh, at and this is a fa- this is a fake account. This is a uh, like a joke of whatever. What do they call it? When you're just trying it's to be a troll funny. account. Yeah, troll account. Mac Jones just went up to Brian Burns following a long touchdown pass to Tyquan Thornton and said, Hold my nuts, little bitch, which led to a which lead to a massive brawl here at Patriots Camp. Burns then pushed Jones over, leading to punches thrown by Kendrick Bourne and others defending his QB one. And this turned I can't tell if people believed it or not, or if they were just trying to play along. Uh this guy's account is pretty funny. Um he has some. Um, let me see. I saw this one earlier. I like this one. Uh, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray has agreed to 
have his $230 million contract played entirely in COD points. The first player in NFL history to do this. <laughs> I thought that one was funny. But, um, Brian, you know, there was it got there was some tussle there, but do you guys remember the Brian Burns, Mac Jones thing? Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. some people said this goes back to high school. Really? I see yeah. people in the chat talking about it going back to Alabama or like or right, being an Alabama maybe, thing, yeah. Somebody but, I heard of high school know. at one point. Yeah. Well, Florida crazy. State and Alabama weren't rivals. Maybe they played one another. But, yeah, a lot of these players, you know, they they do go all the way back to high school. So it uh, it wouldn't surprise me. So but, do um, you think it's that? Do you think it's uh, that or, or just Mac Jones being in the moment realizing, oh, I fucked up. This guy's going to get the ball. Let me twist his knee. No matter who it was. Oh, yeah. I think that is definitely it. Well, last year when that happened, I don't think it's because they had bad blood. Right. Not um, because it was Brian Burns. It was just right. But I think that player. this storyline continues to gain some some kind of cool dynamics because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but uh, by the way, guess what? We've got 269 people watching. Oh, perfect dude. time. And perfect let me time. tell you. Let me tell you, dude, that's nice. That's real nice. In fact, it's so nice that you know what time it is, baby. All these freaks that come here for one and one thing only. Wait no more. Talk to them, big papa. Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one more week of preseason football in the books. We have one more week coming up, and we're going to be playing the Patriots. The, the the team that everybody in the NFL absolutely loves. And you have come here to hear us chop up the conversation, the news, the discussions about what we've seen and heard from this training camp, this joint practice, this brawl that took place on the field. But you haven't come in here and hit that thumbs up button the way that Brian Burns is about to smack the shit out of Mac Jones. You haven't hit that like button? You haven't hit that subscribe button? We have 35 more people to hit 4,000 subs. If you haven't done so, I have one thing to say to all you freaks and legends. Subscriber shame. Two hundred and sixty people watching. One hundred and one thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Help us put the YouTube algorithm in a headlock and give it a noogie unlike it has ever had before. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Help C3 to continue to grow. We're going to be doing this all year long, giving you all the Panther Panther content and conversations that you're wanting. That's what we're here, man. We've got things going on behind the scenes. C3 is constantly, steadily growing. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Boys, um, we can either talk about this tackle position. I do. I want to give it a segue here, uh, Cody, on this, is that we were talking about the kind of uncertainty at the quarterback position, like the competition that's been unfolding. That We saw it on the program today from the the Panthers quarterback in the center. If you would have looked at – if this program, this media guy would have been made last week, the left tackle – would have also said um, Brady Christensen or Aquanu. Now, 
this was named today. The news came out or yesterday today is that Aquano is Aquano's the starter running with the ones. And it looks like they want Brady Christensen to move in to the guard position. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But I wonder when we were just to relate it back to the quarterback conversation is had somebody stepped out today and looked sharper than the other, particularly in this case, Baker, was this Baker Mayfield's opportunity for them to announce that next? And maybe if tomorrow, if that happens, if, you know, somebody seemingly takes a step forward and answers, especially the guy they think it's going to be already, right? Will Will that be the next nugget? that you hear is okay. Now it's Baker Mayfield one Darnold two. So what's happening here at the left tackle, because we've been looking at this guard position all or not the guard position, the offensive line with a lot of interest for a long time, a lot of disinterest for several years, but this year the Panthers offensive line may be interesting. And today Joe person gave us a little news. Yeah. I mean, it is official. And Kemba Kwanu is the starting left tackle. Uh, he basically said they didn't want to give it to him. He wanted to give, you know, Brady the benefit of the doubt. But he would also go on to say, uh, and again, this is Joe Person at at, uh, at the Athletic. Uh, he said Panthers coach Matt Rule had Kemba Kwanu working behind Brady Christensen the first three weeks of training camp, not wanting to give the position to a player some thought could be the number one pick in the draft. He wanted Icky to play and put it on tape in-game before we put him with the ones, Rule said after the first of two joint practices with the Patriots. We wanted to go in in a game and play and earn it with his play. So he played well in the game. So, again, we kind of already feel like we knew that this was going to happen. Many people wanted this to happen. You drafted him number six overall, played this man at left tackle. At least it's happening. I will still say, though, that if you look at the results of today's practice, when he went up against Matthew Judon, you know, I mean, Matthew Judon's one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. I don't expect him to win every rep, certainly. But I think one of the things that we're hearing is that there's a lot of nuances to the left tackle position that Kevin Kwanu, as a rookie, is having a hard time picking up. And again, I'm not blaming him for that. He's a young football player, and he came from NC State. NC State has a run-first football team. So the amount of true pass sets that Kevin Kwanu has actually gotten a chance to take truly hasn't been a whole ton, especially when going up against NFL-level competition. So again, that's why I was one of the people who was pounding the table to at least let Kevin Kwanu try left guard. However, what I didn't expect to happen was Brady Christensen has also looked very well playing left guard as well, to the point where I have no qualms about Brady Christensen playing left guard for the Carolina Panthers this year. I think he's that big and powerful and naturally athletic that I don't think it's going to be a problem for him so much like I did last year when I felt like he was kind of bounced around in every mm-hmm. position rather needlessly. And he never played guard before either. I think Christensen's come a long way. The only issue I would have with with them saying that maybe maybe uh, Icky's not ready 
is the fact that I can't trust Matt Rule's judgment on offensive linemen. Right. So, so it's crazy because it, that's the only position group he coached in the NFL. Yeah, he was an <laughs> yeah, NFL all yeah. coach. <laughs> so, so like I, I, I just can't trust that judgment. Like I know that coming into the season, he was looked at as a guy who could have been number one draft pick. Could have he was the best offensive lineman drafted in the draft from what people say. So it seems like he'd be prepared. That doesn't mean that when he gets to the NFL, he's going to be great. But I, once again, I have a hard time trusting their judgment of players. I think that Matt Rule's a bad judge of NFL players, to be honest with you. I think that's his biggest problem. Maybe he can coach them, but I think he's a bad judge of NFL players. Well, I think he, we've seen, and now, we're going to go on, we're going to talk about Camp Confidential shortly, but I don't want to, when I say this, it's automatically going to sound like a slight, right? Because it's like the college coaching mentality. And the idea is that the brand or in that in college, the team, the, the program is bigger than any player. No player is bigger than the program. You saw this kind of in some of his pep talk when it came in camp confidential. And maybe you see it with this is that like this idea that uh, he wanted to create this competition for the sake of nobody feeling like anything is just purely given. Right. And right. at the end of the day, I don't even know. I don't, I think it's the, the camping guy who's telling Matt rule what to do on this and what the best idea is. I think Matt rule is just trying to put a reminder on everybody, the fans, the media, the players, his coaches is that like, the process is bigger than everything. And that's what I think this was all about. I thought we were all going to get here in the, in the end. And at the end of the day, he was trying to say this last year with Brady Christensen, the process was better than Brady Christensen or more important than Brady Christensen. And so Kim Aquano is going to come out there and he is a top pick. And you look at all across the league and other people are doing it differently, but I would not be surprised if a Kim Aquano does struggle to a certain degree or at certain times, like you said, I think maybe the Rashawn Slater season may give us some false perspective on how rookie le- left tackles do in the NFL. I go back. I would. I would. I dare someone to go back and look at the top rookie left tackles drafted in the top ten over the last twenty years and tell me how many of them had a good rookie season. Not to say that they weren't turn out to be some decent players, but some of the most like can't miss prospects even struggled in their rookie years. So just know is that there's going to be a learning curve. That's a, the playing that on, on the ends is tough in the NFL. You're going against the best athletes on the other side of the football. And so it's just difficult. Does anyone think that the Panthers got this wrong? Like I know everyone thinks that that's what I think, but at the end of the day, I, I'm on, Get both of these dudes out there at the same time. I don't want Brady Christensen or Kevin Kwanu to be riding the bench at any time, so especially it, not for Michael Jordan of all things. And that's another thing. Now they're trying to say that there's a battle for guard between Christensen and Michael Jordan. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, ain't no fucking competition. Mm-hmm. I don't care what podcast you listen to. Michael Jordan is not a starter in the NFL. Neither is Pat Elflin, 
And yet Matt Rule continues to shove these dudes down our throats, man. It's one of the things that really makes it hard for me to have a lot of belief in Matt Rule, the way he continuously fumbles the bag Mm -hmm. with the amount of talent that he has on this roster. That was going to be my next question for you, Cody, was does this mean that Christensen automatically goes to guard or that there's a competition for guard? Because I agree with you 100%. They both need to be on the field. Uh, But I've said it before. Whatever Christensen plays better, Icky should play opposite that. That way they can both be on the field. If they feel that Icky plays left tackle better and Christensen played guard better, then that's fine. But I think both of them need to be out there. Michael Jordan, no. Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, I'm a firm believer that right now the Carolina Panthers do not have a better left tackle on the roster than Brady Christensen. Now, that is not to say that maybe a Kibakwanu doesn't have an even higher ceiling than Brady Christensen at the left tackle position. That's not even my point. I'm saying Brady Christensen right now, if we were to start the season tomorrow, is better prepared to play the left tackle position then it came a corner. That's well, not criticism. That? That's, like, that's the big. thing. Isn't Go that ahead. a part of the, uh, isn't that a same part of that same criticism about, you know, if, if at the end of the day, based on that press conference, this was Matt rules intention. The entire time was to have it, you know, it keep, you know, playing left guard or left tackle. So why the fuck was he playing anything other than left tackle this entire time? Get him the yeah. reps with the ones, let him learn behind like against brian burns the entire time now yeah. the other question i have and this is where i'm really like i'm torn is all i've heard is praise about how good christensen has been this year in training camp against some of these incredible defensive pass rushers right but now all of a sudden i, I haven't heard that same level of like ooh and off ah or icky yet now that's not saying he won't get there but like i just kind of feel odd i almost had this expectation that brady was going to be the one running with the ones for the entire year, at least at left tackle. And then Icky was going to be left guard. Does that mean that, I, I mean, I was, at, when he, we were drafting Icky, I was like, we're going to have him at left tackle. Sure. But from all, you know, everything that I've seen, Brady has had a very good camp. Yes. And so I'm just not sure exactly what the decision was or why it came to this, as opposed to, let him let maybe even Nikki play in guard. If Brady is having a good camp at left tackle, why mess with that? That you know cohesion. Now, to be fair, today while Nikki was taking ones, this defensive line was garbage. Our offensive line was not good. Yeah. Every every other play that I was hearing the uh, the Patriots uh, uninterrupted broadcast talking about was how like oh that would have been a sack. Oh, that would have been a sack. Oh, they're just letting them letting this defensive line get straight through to him. Baker. They're letting them get straight through to Sam. Like it was the entire time. Um, so I'm not sure that I feel very confident in the fact that we've uh, midway through the preseason decided to switch up our starting line or offensive lineman situation. I guess better now than never, but still. Yeah. Uh, and, but I think the blitzes had a lot to do with it, too. Again, this is the first time they're going up against a different defense. Yeah. They're going up against D coordinators that are actually trying to scheme up pressure and different ways to do things. I mean, like, there's a reason in the Pro Bowl they don't let you blitz. The blitzes are what's you know, can really get your butt whipped. Um, and, and also the rotating coverages, too. It, you know, it's not, that's why I'm not freaking out, even though I'm not a Baker believer. 
I'm not freaking out about how about him having a bad day today because it takes time to get into rhythm. And because they're now they're starting to rotate coverages. They might start at single high safety. Then all of a sudden they have two or three guys up there that have dropped and rotated into coverage. A lot of different things are happening. And that's why I think cohesion is important. Yeah. And Matt Rule is not letting our best players find that level of cohesion. Well, I mean, that's the, the there's kind of a common thread here, right? Is you start that at a quarterback, some questions about that at offensive line, um, maybe at the center position of how I wonder why Eflin was just so given the job so much. A lot of people said Bozeman didn't play well in the. Uh, preseason. I have a game. I didn't go back and watch it just yet, but I tell you one person that did not play well, and that was Michael Jordan. And I don't want to hear any of these the Michael Jordan defenders, man. I oh, love yeah. some people. There's it's a pathetic. couple of them who are, are, are offensive go- line gurus who say this. It's like, oh, you can highlight a bad play from anybody. Well, that's what y'all do every time somebody you oh, yeah. don't like it makes a bad play. You guys highlight it, man. And we saw Michael Jordan bull rush, look yeah. like a ridiculous fool. Pat, Pat Fline in one clip looked like he was in a high school girl fight. He was just a swinging his hands and the Drunk guys fighting. were just running. Yep. I mean, <laughs> just was nothing right there screamed in that game that those guys look good. But then they saw some clips of Aquanu and Christensen at both positions looking good together. So that's the good news here is like, Hey, if these two tend if they, if Christensen can turn out to play left guard uh, better than maybe who cares at this point, let's just say that is like, they're both better than Michael Jordan. Right. And at that point, and they both looked a lot better together. Uh, And and it does wonder. And I think CK really hit the the nail on the head is that if you're just doing this to do it, are you making that a big the problem? Are you the problem in that case? And is Matt rule manufacturing the competition rather than it being real? It may be not even that it being real, but if he already knows who he thinks is going to start, then it's really not a competition. Right. And isn't it strange how some of these players he feels necessary to create competition, but other players he doesn't. You know, you never saw, you never heard any competition for J.C. Horn. Right. True. Like having to earn that. You never, you know what I mean? And I don't know. We probably could find a couple of other ones. Derek Brown never was in a competition. To right. step in, right? It's like, oh, you needed them. You needed them so badly. So you didn't have any choice. I don't know. It's kind of bizarre. I hope, I really hope Matt Rule turns it around. Uh, I'm trying to get a clean slate with him. I'm trying to go into the season without just, I don't want to root for his failure. But look at these. None of these guys here, this this play right here, neither of them are doing good a good job. No. Right, and the like, center why, already why loses, but what is Michael Jordan doing? Like he should be helping the other way. Yeah, these guys, they have there's they have not only do they not have any idea what they're doing, but they continuously have shown that they have no idea what they're doing. Pat Elflin and Michael Jordan are like two pills of medicine that you don't want to take, but your parents keep forcing it down your throat, man. And Matt Rule is the parent in this scenario. A lot of people online, on Twitter, in our podcast, 
I don't want to say a lot of people because really it's the minority of people. But to anyone who comes up here and says that we're being unfair about Matt Rule, one of the reasons our offensive line was so god-awful last year was because of these two men. Yeah, Scott Fitterer went out and got guys to replace them in the offseason through free agency, and both of them have struggled to get starting time. Corbett for Jordan and Bradley Bozeman, who went down with a brief injury today, we're hoping that he's not going to be out too long. But Bradley Bozeman has been running with the twos, I feel like, far more than Pat Elflin has. Pat Elflin has been our starting center uh, you know, for the past few weeks and started against the commanders. This makes absolutely no sense in the world to me. And if you're going to say that we're being unfair to Matt Rule by calling out his blatant mismanagement of our offense, what do you expect from us? There are repeated patterns here. Was Cam Irvin in a competition last year? No, no. he wasn't. He was just nope. given the job. So, like, yep. this is the it's the pick and choose stuff. Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. It's your chance to let us know what you think. Is Matt Rule mismanaging this comp? Is he manufacturing this competition? Is he mismanaging this offense, particularly Baker Mayfield and the quarterback situation, the the offensive line situation? And what do you think about the news of the offense not being that sharp as we were and went to New England? Cody, takes to the calls. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Everybody is watching, you know what I'm saying, keep it. Yeah, now we got everything like that on the line here. That's over with and, and we're gonna have to fade that with clip. The that's the Patriots, one thing we're gonna have to do next. I've got yep. to mention something. And, you know, I hope you have congratulations to Sam Mills, man, going into the hey, man. Yeah. God bless his soul, man. I remember that no, you can't hear in high school, I man. I can hear it. You know, but really that's not the first Panther into the Hall of Fame. Can you hear Cody? You know, because you really want to be honest, you got Reggie White. You got Kevin Green and now now Sam Mills. Julius Peppers one day. All three defenses, isn't that something? And I know, Mm -hmm. I know they didn't get drafted by the Panthers. I understand that, you know what I'm saying? But they were Panthers, man. So God bless Sam Mills. You know what I'm saying? He came up with the our our slogan to keep pounding. I know he passed away in two thousand and five and everything. So uh I just wanna say Congratulations to Sam Mills. God bless your soul. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Congratulations, Sam Mills. And I can say that if they're trying to take away that chant, that keep pounding chant, we had mentioned that before. I was at FanFest. That thing ain't going nowhere. Nope. That thing ain't going nowhere. That is is the fans chant. I had people at FanFest asking me what that was about, which is cool. New Panthers fans asking me what it was about, and it's really cool to explain it. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, Sam Mills. And yeah. Oh yeah. And by the way, maybe we can play it later too, but if you haven't seen it, uh JJ Jansen on this uh this uh most recent edition of Camp Confidential. And we'll talk about Camp Confidential here in a little bit too, but 
uh, you know, JJ Jansen gave a really good speech about keep pounding and what it means and what Sam Mills meant to everyone. Uh, and that's a great speech. I highly recommend that everyone go and look that up. And yeah, man, shout out to Sam Mills. We didn't really get a chance to touch on it too, too much. But yeah, I mean, look, he is an all-time great Panther legend and a Hall of Famer now who supplied us with our house words. Keep pounding. It's a motto. It's something to live by. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm pumped, man. I, I, I'm oh, yeah. happy for him, happy for his family. Uh, it sucks that Ron Rivera had to fire his grandson, like right in, you know, right near and around the time that that happened for him. But, you know, shout out to, to the great Sam Mills and uh, keep pounding. We'll never die here in Carolina. That's a promise. Yeah. Tony, right, were you well, ever able to hear my call? Or did hear the call? Nope, you keep going, though. And the new calls, I'm going to play, though. So the ones you already got downloaded, uploaded, you play, and then I will play the new ones coming in. Uh, I, well, I've got six of them. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> interpret for me. Hey, guys. Yeah. It's the girl that, that makes them howl, yeah. a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. And, uh, dude, this things. is so weird. Uh, What's up, Joey? One... Yeah, dude, Fan Fest was awesome. I loved it. And uh I even got to meet Shy Smith's cousin. Um uh, somehow I don't know how she got stuck up in the nosebleeds or something. Maybe the sweets are up that high, I don't know. But we were in the elevator coming down together. And uh yeah, so I met his cousin and the other thing is, cool. you know how uh, our Ice Up segment, right? Well, you know Akeem Talib's brother uh, got, it, is oh, in trouble yeah. oh, because he killed the coach of a youth football team because oh, his son's team wasn't winning. Oh, I saw that. So, yes. yeah, uh, apparently yeah. needing to ice up isn't that much, or it kind of runs in the Talib family. So, uh, yeah, it made me think of Steve Smith grabbing the kids' gold chains, telling them ice up, son, toughen up, get together. So, uh, to, uh, Akeem Talib's brother, ice up, son. Toughen up, get it together. You'll have plenty of time to do it because your ass is going to be in jail for a while. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> he really drew that one out. Uh, so, uh, what a bizarre yeah. story, dude. I mean, and then to see it all happen. Basically, you see the fight unfold. Yeah. You hear the gunshots go off. How insane. How why does a why does a peewee football game need to be that serious, man? Look, Dude, you people, guys don't even understand. Is- I'm telling you, there are bets that go on in these games. There are thousands of dollars riding on some of these games and peewee football games. It is insane what parents put on these well, games. And it's Absolutely not the insane. game. It, Cody, it's not the game. 
You know what I'm saying? It, it had really nothing to do with yeah. uh, with the with a call from the ump or anything like that. It is a what it is is a is a there's a a type of person in the world where their anger hits a certain like they just don't have a understanding of consequence right and not consequence but like how big of a decision they're making is it's not even just fear of staying out of jail like that's not i don't want to reduce it down to this is like they just don't understand that if i shoot somebody i mean like then you're just a complete fucking sociopath anyway because you just want to stay out of jail and you don't really care about not people Mm -hmm. but the thing is is this is in the moment those people are overcome. Certain people are overcome by either emotion or this lack of ability to think in broader contextual terms of humanity, punishment, life, justice, whatever, empathy, and all of that. And that's why the person, that's why you don't ever, you know, the person you don't want to fight is not the biggest, strongest dude. It's the motherfucker who doesn't give a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that will all, and to be honest, I can tell you that person, that person is my sister-in-law. Like she will just, go <laughs> she will just go fucking nuclear, bro. Like, I mean, it's like, Oh, you want to do this? Well, how about this? Boom. And it's like, everything can be, will be amped up and revved up to the next level right. without any thought. Of the and that's what it is. So I think sometimes we go, oh, how do you just do this because of a little league game? It's not that. It's because they have like they're basically it's like a sociopathic temper tantrum. And then they don't have a single shred uh, of care towards the kind of trauma that they're going to put on these young kids that have, that are growing up around it that are having to deal with this shit at a PB football game. It's absolutely disgusting, man. Uh, but by the way, he did say he met uh, Shy Smith's cousin uh, going down the elevator. So, that's awesome. uh, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Shout out to Joey for being able to do that. Um, you want to just, I only played two calls, Tony. If you go to the archive thing, you should be able to. Bro, I'm listening to him. I got it up. Keep going. Keep going. I'm listening okay. to him. He's making it work. All right. So, let's go to call number three. Hey, hey, hey. It's the phone that makes some moments. What's happening, uh, Bella? Just got back yesterday. Had a blast on my six-day vacation. Went up to Charlotte, Fan Fest, and went to Greenville with my cousin. Yeah. I had a blast with Cody. We were chilling, you know, at the Fan Fest and everything. Hell yeah. Helped him set up his grinder. You know, you don't know how to do that. I think he met some a nice, a nice guy. Shut up. And I think they're going out Tuesday. What You're he told such me. a dick. Good luck, Cody. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't oh wait God. for this Friday. Um, what are y'all hoping to see out there? Let me know. Peace. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, so, no, I did, he did not help me set up a grinder profile. Yeah, I already yeah, had that shit up, right? set up months before, dude. <laughs> I, hey, I made so- the assumption he was talking about some sort of a, like a, a drug thing. <laughs> like grinding up the seeds and some shit. I, I don't even blame you. I don't even but, blame you. Uh, <laughs> dude, hey, shout out to my man, Kevin, dude. Um, dude, one of the great things about this podcast is all the friends that I have made, that I know we all have made and one another. 
being able to meet you guys is incredible, man. Like I've been knowing everybody, you know, uh, doing this now for three years or four years rather, and finally getting to see people in close and up in person. You know, I met Greg for the first time at Fan Fest. That was incredible. Meeting Kevin for the first time. I look forward to meeting a lot of you in the future, man. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be really fun. And uh, do shout out to my man, uh, White Chocolate, for coming up from Charleston, man. Send another cat call. Uh, 252-228-5098. What's up, C3? 89 J Stubbs here. Hope everybody's Jay having Stubbs. a great day. Just call it. Check out some things. I saw today that uh, Akeem Aquanu is going to be the starting left tackle, uh, which is good. Cody, you, you were on this last year, man. We should have had him play even three more games. You know, sooner we could got more yep. tape, but yep. with that being said, I do like having three tackles on the team that can play right tackle or left tackle. You know, so yeah, at the end of the day, it's upgraded, and we have it locked in for at least the next three years. So I'm happy about that. I think it will all work out at the end of the day. So I'm happy we, you know, can figure it out. But Matt Rule, he has to pick a line and get it going because we got a month left. So. They need some continuity. And the second thing is, I think on defense, it's going to be up to pretty much the D-line because I think they can cover the secondary with uh, packages of Brandon Smith. It seems like he's quick, sideline to sideline. And, you know, we've kind of been spoiled with that the past couple of years. Not a couple of years, but in the past. In the last couple of years, we haven't had it. So him being able to cover and the coverage we can have on the back end is just going to be up to that D-line. And I hope hope it can, you know, it can hold up and stop the run and get to the running back cause, or the quarterback because I got a feeling we're going to be blitzing like crazy because with the speed and the personnel we brought in. But anyway, guys, that's my, that's my two cents. And, uh, yeah. What's up, C3? Yeah. 89J Stubbs here. Let me yeah, hard hard pause the call. Yeah, that's a – I mean, look, that's a fantastic call. I, You know – I said when Steve Wilkes uh, was our defensive coordinator that we utilized the blitz on defense a lot, a lot, a lot. And even though he's not our D coordinator, I think that, you know, that's, that's still Phil Snow. Knowing the speed that we have at the corner and safety position between Dante Jackson, uh, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chen, like there's a lot of speed at that position. Imagine those corner blitzes. I mean, coming off the edge when you don't expect them. And we have these two big, freak show, strong linebackers in the form of Frankie Luvu and Brandon Smith. I'm telling you, man, our linebacking core might be a little bit better this year than we were giving it credit for because of those two dudes, Brandon Smith and Frankie Luvu. They've been incredible. Oh man, I was. I listen again. I'm not trying to continue to talk about this uh, Patriots uh, broadcast because it was god awful. Like when I tell you it was god awful, I'm not even exaggerating. How how like it, to a point to where one of the people said, um, "I don't wish injury on every player on the opposing team's uh, roster, just their stars." <laughs> like that is the that is the the characterization of what you're dealing with with that. Uh, anyway. Uh, but they were talking every it was like almost every play. Brandon Smith was knocking the ball away from people, like causing fumbles and forcing incompletions and things like that. It was like and, and they actually were like thoroughly impressed with what they were seeing from him um, just as the broadcast group. I thought that was pretty cool, um, especially given that, you know, it's 
I think we have he has a lot of upside. It's a lot of uh, a lot of concern about whether you know. There's a lot of I guess developmental aspects to what his his game is uh, from what people say. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the dude has a raw talent that I think is going to be you know a really big asset to this team. Tony, you're muted. You got the whole um, Panther Twitter community and creator community on tilt, bro. You got these mugs. They are you're in their head. <laughs> Who? I just want to put this out here. This is a four man rush. Put this out one hour ago on Twitter. This is between four man rush. This is just two tweets that just showed up on my check my phone right here. <laughs> yeah. Has nothing to do with you. Didn't know, your name is not said here, but it says this. It's amazing how icky playing guard narrative has spread like wildfire, despite him taking no reps at guard since OTAs. And this is the response from Panther Nation podcast, bro. I was hella confused. Dude never took any reps at guard, and I was at camp. People have me doubting my damn self. Now, my question is this. Can you pull those clips up that we watched of Brady Christensen and Quanner? Were them not were they not together on those two plays that you pulled up? And what the 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 two that I just showed? Yeah, remember when they did well? Weren't they on the field together in that preseason game? Yeah, they were on the field together for, for a while, uh Aquano and Christensen. So the ones I just showed you know, where Elflin and Jordan getting destroyed. Right. But I thought there there's a clip floating around where they handle a stunt real well. And everybody's like, oh, that stunt would have destroyed us last year. Which is true. Totally yeah. wouldn't have destroyed us last year. But my question is this to these. My I guess my question back to these two tweets is this. Is that were there any reps where Brady Christensen took at guard in OTAs? No. But then he went out and played guard in the preseason game. Right. And look, good doing. You know what I'm saying? Right? I mean, so, like, that's my thing is here is that, yeah, like that, like, y'all, you're, you're right. Is those guys didn't take reps in training camp at guard. But they went out and played the preseason, didn't they? I mean, or am I wrong? Am I wrong that I saw Brady Christensen and Aquanu play guard in that preseason game? So – Aquanu, I don't believe playing guard at all, and that's like the the okay. That's the but Brady real. Christensen did though, right? Yes. I mean, I and saw them beside each yeah, other. I saw the did. white dude there, unless it was a different white dude. No, big number seventy. That's Brady Christensen. Uh, okay. He 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 did play guard, and by the way, I was hesitant about Christensen's ability to play guard. I think he has looked good there, to the point that if they're going to make him play there, I think he can do it, but. Again, like when we're talking about this left tackle conversation, it goes to what Matt Rule should be doing versus what he actually is doing. And it is not outside of the realm of logic that if Akima Kwanu is having a difficult time understanding the nuances of playing left tackle, but that would make sense. He's playing in the NFL now. And NC State didn't make him play a lot of true pass sets playing with the Wolfpack. So if Brady Christensen is better prepared for the nuances and the agility to play the left tackle position, it seems commonplace like you would at least give Icky some looks at left guard 
to use that physicality and strength and to kind of lesser the ease of access to him being able to jump onto the field and become a quality starter right away in his career. Whereas, especially week one, you're going to put a Kim McQuarrie on Miles and Garrett? Okay, you better be sure that he's prepared for that matchup because that's one hell of a matchup as a welcome to the NFL match. So, yeah, they're right, Tony Dunn. They have not played a Kim McQuarrie at left guard at all. But it doesn't mean that they're right for going about it that way either. All right, let's keep going. So, all right. This is the last one I have, I think. Tell me if you heard this. What a C3. Jay issue. What's um, it's crazy how the fans know where certain players fit best than the head coach. I don't know if Matt Rule take this shit as a joke, <laughs> but it's nothing to play with. You chose between two teams for a bigger bag and can't bag it up. My man out there stressing. He can't even get his head like straight. He drafted good his two years. Scott came in, got some good picks as well. But fast forward to this year, Icky deserves that last position, regardless of a position of everybody thinking that he'll be a, a pro left guard, wouldn't it be a waste of a – not a waste particularly because Icky is that dude, but for left guard, wouldn't that be a little too high? Yeah, top ten. And he has to battle Brady. And I watched that first preseason game and Brady got – Pushed back so far at left guard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm just ready for a different coach, a proven coach. Um, I don't know where else to go. Um, it sucks. Matt Rule just, he just, he just has to go. Keep pounding. What are C three pounding? Hey, oh, let me pause it. Can, right, can, can I mention that at the beginning of this? I I agree with him. This I feel like this caller is where I'm at with Matt Rule, or where I've been from the beginning. And he started out by saying the same thing, which was the first thing for Matt Rule for me that was a red flag was that you chose the bigger bag of the two teams. You didn't come to the NFL to, to coach and be successful on a team you thought you were passionate for and you wanted to win. You chose the bigger bag of the two teams, and you still can't be successful. And I think it's what this caller is saying, at least what you're starting out with. And I agree with that. And from the beginning with Matt Rule, for me, that's been the issue, is that you didn't show me you came in with any passion to be a Carolina Panthers head coach. And you haven't since you came in. And, and I'm right there where he is. He's such a nerd, Matt Rule. I hate to say it. I think he's a total dork. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I'm not. A I'm a nerd. Look, and I know some people. Some people are gonna be like, "What's wrong with being?" Look, I'm a nerd too. I guess I'm a dork. I love to. Re- I'm a fucking historian, dude. Like what? Else? I mean, like that's a, a quintessential nerd. 
Uh, I do. I get on the internet and podcast for fun. That's my hobby. My best friends are people that I've met like one time. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd. Uh, but what I'm just saying is this: is he's a dork, dude. I saw that man. The Camp Confidential was just as bad. You know who's not a nerd? The Tabor dude, our special teams coach. Man, he's cool. He's making dollar bets with these mugs. He's making them pay up. I'm telling you, um, no. Is look as it comes back is this: is that this was just in the, what Cody has presented to everybody was a thought experiment about what the offensive line could be. And here, if you yeah. want to get all up in arms about the value i hate i'm not a draft dude telling you man when i first started the website 10 years ago uh we had we did a lot of this crap you're like you're trying to get content you're trying to do and it makes the draft period makes a great time to just content driven shit and but you know what i hated about it is that you could write a bazillion pages actually the whole internet does it they write a bazillion forecasts and only like 1% of it is right. Think about that. It's like, imagine if you spent 99% of your time only to be right 1% of the time, how futile of an exercise that is. So that's what drove me nuts about it, right? It's just like, I almost just want to wait until we get who we get. I mean, I'll do a little bit, like what are some positions we want and just going down. But this is the money ball part that the draft nerds have put into effect. The money ball part just says this is you can't draft these players at this position and it not be valuable. Is that you know what? But if they're all pro, they're all pro. I tell you this is you could draft a wide receiver in the top 10 like John Ross and he sucks. Or you could draft Zach Barton in the top 10 and he's awesome at his position who got the better value right yeah and so, um I, I don't really care i think the end of the day is we need to stop focusing this comp this conversation on a kim Aquanu or brady christensen and say why the hell would you put michael jordan beside either one of those fools hmm. Yeah, you know, that's the real question right here is yeah. like, who gives a shit about those dudes? You know, like about that. The real problem is this Michael Jordan thing. And, and Pat Elflin. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next call. Let me make sure that this comes through and you can hear it. Uh, I got one more. Up, fellas? Yeah, I, I love it. We got W and football is kind of back. It makes me happy. Um, Somebody briefly brought it up. I can't remember, but this is year three in rebuilding. And I know we're not all stupid, but when you rebuild something, you tear it down and you start again. You build a new foundation. And I was just there thinking, like, what foundation do we have to build on? And forgive my ignorance, but I don't see anything. Maybe it's another topic for another show or some of y'all can touch on it briefly, but I I just don't, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just, I love my team, but I'm just at whims with it, dude. I don't know, but you know what? Motherfuckers, we're going to keep pounding every single GD one of us. Love you all. Peace. Keep Man, thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. Smash the thumbs up button. 
be a part of the show, 252-228-5098. Here's what I'm going to give you my hat. Uh, my, I'm going to hang my hat on about what we, the foundation of this team is, young and fast. Mm. That's what we are, is at the mm. end of the day, if we have to blow this whole bitch up, if we got to blow this whole thing up at the end of the season, the great news is this, is we got a lot of young players. Yes. Young players on low dollar contracts. Mm-hmm. And I know people have been telling me somehow there is this uh, narrative that it's emerged that we don't have a good cap situation next year. I don't believe it. I don't believe it one bit. I don't know how our cap situation is going to be worse next year than it is this year, given the fact that we haven't really given anybody any deals other than Dante Jackson and DJ Moore, which guess or, what? And Darwin 19. Yeah. He's going to be gone by the, you know what I'm saying? That's what's bad this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, None of the deals. The only two, I can only think of two other big deals on this team. And that are Christian McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson. And both of those are probably one. You probably don't want to get out of the Christian McCaffrey one at this point, but you could maybe or something is maybe, but I, I bet you you're hitting a point with Shaq's deal where you could probably get out of it. What about Ian Thomas? Didn't he get a good deal too? No, I think it was just front load. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's anything. So I don't think we're hemmed up or locked up with anybody. Okay. I think we're young. I mean, if you think about this, the most, one of the, the guy we extended DJ Moore is only 24 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. He got his second con. Now DJ Moore might end up making more money than anybody in the whole history of the world when it comes to, Think about it. What if he signs three contracts like that? What yeah. if he goes and balls for the next three years? He hits three. He hits those double ditch, digit touchdowns twice in the next three years. And he says, you know what? It's time for y'all to extend me again. And then he balls. He has a two-year period. Like, he has a window over the next 10 years where he can negotiate two more contracts. I think yeah. that's what I'd be. So that would be our, that's our foundation. And somebody also brought this up on Twitter to me. They wanted me to comment on the defensive tackle situation. No one's talking about that. And I do think maybe this is not a plus. So I'm just looking at that is we're young there. We got Leonidas, Leonidas, whatever his name is. Uh, and Derek Brown. And that's it right now. That's it. I know you guys, I know there's a lot of names that people y'all want big snack phil hoskins you want these other play people but that's what we were talking about with bravery on roy the year before and this and that now nobody cares about him um so i think this is i think we're young and i think if we have to blow this up we got a lot of talent for the next group to work with without them being hemmed up on the money so that's that's my answer to that question let's go on to the next call cody uh as i quickly download it do you think that was a good answer i felt like that was a pretty good yeah i I mean no look i i think that was a good answer um uh, every year we talk about this we have so many good talented young players that there is no reason for the carolina panthers to be a five-win team every year i mean that's why a lot of us have really soured on matt rule because we feel like we've really gotten the dose of who he is as a head coach it's prove-it season. He can still prove us wrong and, you know, uh, turn us into just a bunch of haters. But at the end of the day, 
there is a consistent mismanagement of this football team uh, in the name of stuff like competition at spots where we know there's not really a competition. So it, it's just – it's nonsense, man. No. Um, and I do think that if we do hire a new head coach, we are going to have a very talented young roster that some coach is going to want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Hey, funny story, just kind of sidebar here. Uh, I don't know if y'all listen to the Around the NFL podcast, but it's a great podcast. Um, they do a segment where they're going through and they're putting coaches in the hot seat and they have three levels. And Matt Rule was the only coach on the number one level on the hot seat. Ooh. Of all coaches in the NFL, they went through every team and Matt Rule was the only coach on the number one level hot seat in the NFL. I was like, oh, that's I pretty funny. Yeah. I believe it. All right, let's go to the next call. Yeah, so on those questions, uh no, I don't I don't believe rules this mansion and uh slash manufacturing, you know, competition, you know, because obviously oh, did we um, people know they're gonna get fired, they work harder, right? And wanna lose their job. So hold on, uh, hold on. I think I might have uh let me see if I skipped his first part. Oh, I see two numbers, sorry. We had a little, we've had some funky issues. You know what, what the irony about this was, is we were talking about, no, nope, this is a different number. Never mind. Oh, uh, the irony is we were talking about how StreamYard was so s- s- seamless and tonight we've had a bunch of issues. The NFL, man. You know, if you don't want to be here, then you can get the fuck out. But, uh, yo, offense, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. I'm uh this Friday is gonna be a test. The Billichek expect this is a test. This this is a dress rehearsal right here, to be honest with you. Dress rehearsal. Uh expect a lot of zero blitzes. Bill Billichek already got Sam's number, you know what I mean? Yeah. He playing Pac Man with this dude, you know, see ha- have Sam Donald see him ghost. Uh Baker. Baker's asset against a zero blitz like Deshaun Watson is to throw it deep. And you can study tape on that, my friend. Uh, Bill Belichick has only thrown zero blitz at Deshaun Watson one time, one time, one time, maybe, maybe twice. Okay. And what does Deshaun do? He'll take that one-on-one matchup. He'll take that one-on-one matchup, throw it deep. And expect Baker to do that. Sam's not going to do that. But expect Baker to do that. So we're going to see. We're going to see Friday, my friend. He- uh, you know, this is a good time for the call. Yeah, he was uh, saying he did not manufacture, like, the competition. But they really just kind of, you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen type mentality. But this brings up Friday. On Friday, oh, yeah. Great, great show that has that Cody has cultivated over the past what year and a half? Is this your full year or is it more? Than yeah, now? we've we've uh, we've gone over a full year now that we've been doing the Friday free for all. All my freaks over there keeping it strong on the Friday free for all. Uh, my band of merry men, you know, we're like the we're like the Myrmidon. I'm like Achilles over there. We're charging into war. Representing you. our You're Carolina, doing your hawkers and your you do your hawkers. Oh, yeah, you know what? You guys should have. Ooh, ha- your, uh, <laughs> yeah, you should start the show or have a haka segment on that. 
where you guys all dance into that. But the uh, <laughs> Friday on it's at seven o'clock. You can check out the Friday yep. free throw, and if you want to be a part of it, this is a great time. Not only can you like in this show, you can call in and be a part of the show, or you can interact in the chat, or you can stomp on that thumbs up button. But on Friday, you can buy, you can come in and be a part of the actual conversation and be one of the hosts, right? And join the crew. And Cody has developed this legion of football talkers that's been amazing. Now, the cool part about this is the Friday free-for-all is going to dovetail with the Carolina Panthers preseason game as they are playing the New England Patriots. So what we're going to do is merge the Friday free-for-all and the C3 Panthers post-game show and just make them into one watch-along Post game show show me game right where we get to see some of these things right here and um, you know I one of the things that was surprising to me about week one of the preseason as you look around the league is I thought that they played the starters a lot more than I expected in week one so kind of interested to see after joint practices for a full week I would think that Carolina is really trying to learn a lot the most about their team in preseason game two this yeah. is. A game I think that now has become pre what you remember in the old model, the four game model, it was preseason game three was yeah. the one where they would play the stuff. That was the one that was the one you wanted to watch out of all four to see right. who the team mostly and mainly was. That's this week. And so what we invite you to do on Friday is to watch that game alongside of us as we do a watch-along. And not only is it a watch-along, but you can be part of the watch-along and join in. So check us out on Friday. It's going to be great. Absolutely, man. And I want to reiterate that. We don't really do watch-alongs very often, but this coincided in a good way where, you know, the Panthers preseason game is during the Friday free-for-all. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be live reacting to all the action in the football game, if you have an opinion that you want to share, you'll be able to jump in and hang out and tell us what you think live on the show. We'll be filtering people in and out like your boy is ought to do. Um, and it's going to be an incredible time, man. Tell us if you like it. Tell us if you enjoy the content. Um, and hit that like button, man. We're so close to 4,000 subscribers. You're helping this podcast grow tremendously. And we can't wait to show you all some of the things that we have coming down the pipe for each and every one. All right, let's go on to the next call. And then we still got to do Camp Confidential is the last, I think, thing on the agenda. I've got a lot of good, or at least I've got a lot of thoughts on it. All right, to the next call. He called in twice. Four-second call. Silence. Second call. It's not too late for the team to jail. If they'll start playing the starters right now and let them grow together but up to this point i'm okay with it but it's time to make the change and put everybody in there that they think is going to start and let them learn to work together well yeah it's it's about continuity at this point or at at least a lot of people are, are trying or hoping for to see some development continuity but this is actually something we probably should not be uh, really that surprised about with this year's team. We had, there were more questions than answers going into this season. There was, if Cody has said it over and over, it's a prove-it season for even the people that we didn't think had to prove it anymore. Or, you know, like, I mean, in the past, there were guys, it's like this, it's like, 
you and, and maybe that to to kind of connect this back to the earlier caller what like what's the foundation of this team there just doesn't seem to be like one thing that you could say is our constant right there is um potential there's youth there's speed there's um potential there seems you know it's like who's the concept it was like this it was just like time our linebacker group was the dopest like we knew that it didn't matter what anything else about the team for 10 years we just been like our linebackers are fine we didn't even care right and that's the thing is that we probably should have seen this season is going to be one where we have to see it to understand it it has to exist before for it to, you know, it's like, or else, because like they don't even know. Even Matt Rule doesn't even know. 252 yeah. 258 Real quick, man, it's me, Sue Dog. Sit down. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up to everybody? Uh, I don't see why everybody is surprised with this uh, Iki, Bernie Christensen situation with the left tackle and left guard situation <laughs> and the Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield as far as not picking a starter and who's going to be the you know the number one quarterback for the team, we need to sit back and let this last year of foolishness and mediocre football is out of Charlotte. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see everybody was so excited and everything. I'm not surprised that Baker Mayfield was fucking up today against the Patriots. The Patriots have a top-notch defense, you know. But uh, I don't think we can really get excited about you know some of these uh, the defensive rookies that played well last week and everything. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I really don't even have nothing to be excited about. But uh, before I go, man, anytime you come in here, man, make sure you like to get off on the motherfucking like button. Make That's sure right. You like subscribe, man. They be here every Tuesday, every goddamn Friday, and they be up there the uh, the pregame show. And uh, and the show after the game, you know, they always got them putting their work. It could be with their families or wives or whatever, you know. So anytime you come in here, don't be no fucking weirdo or peeping time. Hit the like right. button and subscribe. Y'all boys, keep up the great work. It's a great show as always. And everybody have a good night. Keep pounding. Real quick, man. Uh, pounding. You got them G baby. G baby the fucking goat. Good night. Yo, shout out to how you not love C Dog, bro. I know C Dog always got love, always makes people hit the like and subscribe. We can stand to have a few more C Dogs, man, and do that thing. Man. And hey, C Dog says he's gonna have his own podcast soon, and he'll sure. be able to rep his shit on here too, man. That's what we do, man. Rising tide lifts all boats. Shout out to C Dog, and do what that man said beat the hell out of that like button, y'all. Come on now. All right, let's see. This one's only eight seconds. I feel like this might be either. Let me see. Maybe it's just a question. I just want to know why is uh, Bill Belichick crazy Matt Rule for what? For what? Oh, I have a. All right, so I wish we would have got the back end of that call. That was it. Well, did uh, he? Uh, Matt, Bill Belichick said that him and Matt Rule are very similar. Because they both love football, they're football guys, and people just felt that was 
man, what a quote, you know, loving that. That's uh, man, look, that's that's exactly what Bill Belichick says about somebody, anybody he doesn't know their name. Right. But like, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, that was just his like uh he's a pro. I'm a pro. We came out here to have practice. We both want to win. Like he don't know nothing about <laughs> right. Matt Rule. He don't give a right. shit about Matt Rule. No it was just like I don't know this dude. I'm we, not gonna. We both knock. eat food. You know, yeah, we, we both, we both drink. Yeah. We like, both breathe the air from that's time right. to time. football coaches. So we must both like football, of course. Bill Belichick. You know the only time I've, you know, the most praise. Who's the most praise he ever gave for anybody you ever heard? I'll tell you. Cam, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. Yeah, bro. he always talked say, about yeah, how dangerous he never beat Cam. He's no, like, never did. And he always talked about Cam. how dangerous Cam Newton was. It's not a surprise that they brought Cam Newton in when they did, mm-hmm. man. But yeah, yeah. He, he never beat him Watson even as a good. even as a Patriot. Cam continued to beat the Patriots. Yeah, it's oh. true. <laughs> yeah, somebody man. said this. Uh, I did see a stat that. Uh, Cam Newton had only played 35 games in the last three seasons, but had 21 touchdowns still. <laughs> like, I'm like, my man. Oh. All right. That's uh, insane. Got, all right, let's go to the next call. Only a couple more calls, and then we'll do this. Camp Yo, C3. What's last call, actually. It's JD. Hey, um, JD. I was trying to say this for the Friday free-for-all, but I wanted to get y'all opinion on, on a uh, thought I had. And for me, the craziest part uh, about what I'm going to say is if the guy stays healthy for the entire season, and I'm talking about CMC. So I looked it up online, uh, did some calculations, like little basic calculations, and I figured it's very possible that if CMC is healthy for the entire this entire upcoming season, the dude would only need to average around 70 yards rushing and around 50 yards receiving. Like, if he's getting somewhere around 20 touches, like five targets in a passing game, 15 rushing attempts a game, if he's averaging around 70 yards rushing, which I feel like is more than capable of CMC to do, and he's averaging around 50 yards receiving, which, again, I feel like CMC is more than capable of doing, if he's able to stay healthy for the entire season, he could repeat and put up another 1,000,000 seasons. Which I would love to see, but uh, yeah, question, I just want to get your opinion on that. How how insane or like how how out there would that be? Or does this sound? <laughs> it does not sound out there I'm at out. all. I mean, that's Keep the out. whole thing. He would have done that last year and the year before, arguably, if he would have just been available. And I think that the injury predicament and the problem or whatever this narrative that's existed is a little bit overblown or a lot overblown i'm gonna die on that hill i think that the panthers have protected him they have put him in a bubble wrap when they knew that their seasons like this is the one star the one constant we have is that they shut them that once they realized that the season wasn't going to be as what they thought it was i think they shut him down and if we were on a playoff run if we were on a super bowl chase Christian McCaffrey would have not gone to those to the IR designation. He's yeah. not had those major injuries. And the internet, the football internet, the fantasy football world loves their recency confirmation, their recency bias. And at the end of the day is, is that Christian McCaffrey 
the year after he did the thousand thousand was the unanimous number one player in the league, the unanimous number one fantasy football player on the earth. But he missed eight. You missed twelve games, and now you're not. You're out of the conversation. You do it again. You're out of the conversation. He's still young. To me, I just don't know if his head's in the game, though. Yeah, that's the real question. Christian My man is in love. Oh no, you're not even he's in love. Dude. He's also a producer on a on a on a on a series that they had about a German football team. Did you see that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, it's going to be released on Apple uh, TV in 2000, or, or I'm sorry, on the 19th, I think. Um, Does Christian McCaffrey love football? That needs to be, oh, if he was Cam Newton, that's what they would say. Mm-hmm. Listen, this man is 5'11", maybe 210 pounds, and he does absolutely everything. We have forgotten how good Christian McCaffrey is in pass protection. How about this? He's better than Michael Jordan and Pat Elflin. Okay, this man is a legitimate asset in pass protection. People seem to have forgotten that. But then the all-around versatility of what Christian McCaffrey can do. This man is a receiving threat. He takes incredible routes. His ability to track the football in the air, make adjustments, and make the catch is basically like one of the elite receivers in the NFL. On top of that, even when our offensive line has been absolutely trash, this man has been averaging like, what, five yards a carry or something? Outrageous. Like, this dude is a monster. Christian McCaffrey is a monster. We may have felt like it was overpaid, but dude, for what Christian McCaffrey does to this offense and how we fall off of a cliff every year after Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, dude, it's not a surprise, man. This is one of our best football players. And if Matt Rule and James Campen can figure out this offensive line, there is no reason why CMC shouldn't be a contender to have another 1,000-1,000 type of football year this year. There is one reason why he wouldn't have a 1,000-1,000 type season this year. Is if we are that bad and we end up not running the ball at all in the end of the game and where we're not, he might be a thousand yard receiver, but there is a potential that he wouldn't be a thousand yard rusher. Uh, he might have more receiving yards and rushing yards. If, uh, if our, if our, you know, defense isn't able to stop anybody. And if our offense is uh, that God awful. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I have a question for everyone. I put this in the, in the show description. I wanted us to talk about it. I didn't make an infographic for for this question, but are we coddling J.C. Horn? Because, Tony, you've been of the mindset that you can't coddle Christian McCaffrey. That, hey, man, he has to be out there and be prepared and play. You cannot treat him with kid gloves. Well, all the reports are now they're giving J.C. Horn about 25 uh, plays or snaps per, you know, per practice. And uh, I believe it was Jeremy Chin said, man, I feel bad for the coach that has to tell J.C. Horn to get off the field. This man doesn't want to get off the field. Are we putting kid gloves on J.C. Horn? Like, do we just need to let this man go out there and play? Or do you think that we're doing the proper thing by holding him back a little bit to make sure that he's 100% healthy for the NFL season? 
No, I don't think we're coddling Kim uh, at this point. These game, this doesn't matter as much. Uh, I do think this is that again. This is one of those places where competition didn't matter for J.C. Horn. You know, it's like he didn't have to earn it. And I, and I mean, he was a star. It's just funny to me as a Quanu had to go out there and prove it in a game. J.C. Horn didn't last year, but no, I think he's yeah. that valuable. You need him throughout the season. We've kind of. We saw Westry. We cut Westry. Not that he was going to be a contributor. It's like our secondary is supposed to be. That's what we built to this defense, kind of from the back to the front, really, is what we're kind of building at this point. Maybe we're going to go after pass rushers later on, you know, over the next couple of years. But we need them to be stout. I think they have no uh, concerns about him other than his availability. And the worst thing you can do is to overstress it. I think the good news is, as you saw him playing, I was worried in that first practice, sore foot, this and that. But I think this is he played in these joint practices today. He did some one-on-one. So, I mean, I think it's okay. I don't think they've handled him as kid gloves as they have handled Christian McCaffrey. But I am more concerned about if Christian McCaffrey loves football still because, I mean, you know what one thing is that the good old Al Pacino said, Just couldn't hear it. Why'd I get mixed up with that? Can't hear this at all. I can't hear it. I can now. Yeah. And you got your head all the way up it. Oh, good line from Heat. (laughs) Couldn't hear that at all. I can hear the last little bit of it. Yeah, the very the very last bit. This is the best line from Heat. Because she got a great ass. And you got your head (laughs) all the way up it. Uh, go back and watch Heat. Um, fantastic. It's actually hard to get. Can't stream it. So it's an old, uh, I don't know, maybe 99 type film. Bank. Uh, one of the few films that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Actually, I think the only film where they're in the same scene together. I don't know. Somebody have to quote me on that Robert one. De Niro and Al Pacino? Yeah, because they were in Godfather 2 together, but not, but not in the same scenes. Yeah. Right. Um, they have this, it's a fantastic, it's Michael Mann movie. It's incredible. One of the awesomest things about this is you're like, why is Al Pacino so overacting this whole movie? I mean, he is, just, she got a great eye. I mean, his eyes are just bulging out of his fucking head. Turns out that part of the script was, is that they cut this part out, but the cop was, he was supposed to be a coked up cop. And they just left that like so he was playing into the so it's pretty wild. I just watched that today. Hmm. I still have fifty it's long as fuck. But Olivia Copa, bro. I mean, like I would just retire, homie. I'd just be like, I'm done. But dude, like if you had mantle and be like, my groin is he is he is far from the only NFL player to have a beautiful woman on his arm, okay? I don't want to hear any excuses for anyone about anything. The song remains the same. Every single player this year needs to come out like a man possessed with something to prove. Every single player on our football team, man. And, you know, I kind of do think, you know, we have to be consistent. If we're not going to treat Christian McCaffrey with cake gloves, I really don't think that we need to do that with J.C. Horn yet. If this man's ready to go, let him play, let him prepare. Um, you know, I, I really do want us to be prepared 
to hit the ground running when we play Cleveland. And I really don't think that Matt Rule is putting us in a position to do so. Hope I'm wrong, but I really don't feel like uh, like that's what he's doing. All right, final call. It's a long one. I think. Oh, he's catching his breath. It is me, C-Dog, man. Call that one more time, man. C-Dog. All that night, I promise. But all these motherfuckers pumped up about the guy on the Baker train, Baker Mayfield. You know what I'm saying? Baker Mayfield was all that. Why didn't the Cleveland Browns keep his ass? Why did they got them go get a motherfucker who ain't even played in about two years? You know what I'm saying? They had twenty over 23 allegations. Come on, man. He's a bum. That's why. He can't cut it, man. But he's going to see. I can't wait till the goddamn season starts. All you got them Baker fans. So when you come out here and don't win probably for no more than five games, everybody come back down to that reality again. You know what I'm saying? Because this shit is just fucking, it's just, it's like, it's, it's insanity, man. Matt Rubin doing this shit. This is his third year doing this shit. And y'all, y'all still got that drinking the Kool-Aid. Don't forget, Baylor got better when Matt Rule left. Baylor won a major championship after Matt Rule. Never, don't forget that. Come on, man. What has he done in college? Nothing. He's not goddamn uh, Jimmy Johnson. He's not a fucking Pete Carroll. What the fuck? Even Pete Carroll wasn't great when he first came to the NFL. The first time he came, he, he was trash. And he went back to the goddamn college. He won't good till he came back the uh, second time around with the goddamn Seahawks. I like my man. He had to take a. Word up. Try to got this. Tell y'all the truth, man. Like I've been doing the last two years. That rule ain't gonna get you no more than five wins. What is Baker Mayfield gonna do? Yeah, Baker Mayfield not even motherfucking Cam Newton. Man, Cam Newton carried the offense to a goddamn Super Bowl. But what the fuck is this goddamn? This little dude, he's six one. What is he gonna do? Man, nobody fears Baker Mayfield. Nobody. No defense out here is gonna be thinking about Baker Mayfield. Gonna be gonna fear him on Sunday. Come on, man. I just don't understand. All right. Thank you, C. I appreciate it. My man, like this, is just like, got to take a. You got to hit the. (laughs) Even the the season he went to the goddamn uh, playoffs. Playoffs? They had over 2,400 yards rushing. Nick Chubb and got the Kareem Hunt both had over 1,000 yards rushing that year. Then when he he beat the Steelers in the playoffs, the first game, man, Big Ben was washed. Ben could have put the ball out of. All right, he got cut off, but thank you, C-Dog. You know what he was going to say next is, like, you know what's free? Hitting the like. Hitting the motherfucking motherfucking like button. That's right. That's right. Uh, Uh, Look, I just want to say this. You know, I agree with C-Dog 1,000%. You know, it's proven season. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't feel like Baker Mayfield is going to be the answer. Uh, I don't feel like Matt Rule is the answer. Uh, Just based on, on what I've seen in the past, I'm just... I don't believe it yet. I want to be proven wrong. I badly want to be proven wrong. I don't feel like I am. And I feel like I echo the sentiments of a lot of other people who are really pissed off at Matt Rule. I put this on Twitter the other day. 
that it feels like Scott Fitterer blesses us with an incredible offseason. All these free agents and draft picks that we love, we get pumped about. And then here comes Matt Rule just squashing our dreams uh, every single time with his decision making and his preferred quarterback. So I agree with C Dog. Um, again, I hope I'm wrong. We got a few last topics to go. Um, one, I'm just going to put this off topic for you guys for the chat. Best bank robbery movies. You guys can, uh, we got some good things going here because I, I brought up Heat. Point Break is Point one of those. Break. We brought up the town. Inside Man is real good. Uh, that one's real good back in the day. All right. Uh, yeah. Point Break, the original. Would, would Die Hard with a Vengeance be considered a bank robbery movie? Ooh, or oh, actually, could all of the diehards in theory be considered semi bank robbery? Yeah, because yeah, you, you got to throw I, those I, up there if you, if did, you yeah. ever steal bearer bonds. I go ahead and throw you up in that. Oh, but here, uh, yeah. have you ever? I don't know if you would classify this as a bank robbery movie. Have you ever seen The Panic Room? With Jared yes. Leto, yeah. yeah. To me, that's oh, yeah, kind, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, where it's a, that's not a bank robbery movie. It's not a bank, but it's I like I love that movie. I got a, I love that. I movie. love that movie. That's yeah, one of that's those a great I movie. Watch it, like, uh, like duh. my wife is like, why do you like this movie so much? It actually <laughs> crazy that director used to was doing shit with like kind of like drones and like all these cameras all over. It's kind of like one of those movies where you don't you have one set. I think that's awesome is when you make a movie and you're like, hey, how much is your production going to cost? We just need to rent this house for a week. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, my favorite is Phone Booth. It's like the whole oh, fucking I love movie. Phone it's, like, it's like this. He ain't like, man, it's like this. They mugs. That's the cheapest fucking movie to make in the world. No car crashes. No, none of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next topic is this is let's just we'll go to this one. This is a quick one. Yeah, the NFL top 100 is coming out. Uh, you know, I felt like this looks better on my phone than it does on this screen. This graphic. Um, yeah, it's not trying... made for this type of resolution. Okay, I've been trying to do some like stuff like this because I feel like we haven't been as prevalent on Instagram, and and instead of me writing spending two hours writing a story about which i still i did that too i didn't spend two hours i wrote it on my phone but i was like hey these little graphics maybe they will pop a little bit so i'm trying to do more stuff like this brian burns though is that the nfl top 100 voted on by players is a big thing that people love to watch they go through what they do a couple of 10 every night or something like that or i don't know how frequently they do but they hit like they went to the 60 mark recently. Brian Burns, first Panther to make the list, comes in at 76. Um, fourth year player, right? In his fourth season, seven sacks, seven and a half sacks, two nine sack season, has yet to crest double digits necessarily but quickly becoming the face of the franchise in some ways. He does crack the top 100 ahead of Playpool, ahead of players like uh, Leonard Williams was one. Um, and uh, there was one other one I put. There's one other, Leonard Williams and Jonathan Allen. He's ahead of Jonathan Allen, too, on the top 100. Is DJ Moore next is my question. Uh yeah, I do think he's probably next. Uh, I think he deserves to be. Um, I've been watching the. 
Nah, see, that's the thing. I don't think CMC because he was injured. Yeah. But by the way, it's again, this is not really like the best list. It's just uh, football players. So like one year it's they more had popularity J- contest. Yeah, right. they had JJ. Yeah. But it's voted on by the list. players though. Right, which is yeah, more popularity like, contest. It's like a prom king or queen. It's whoever and, everybody thinks is the most popular. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good, but if you're the most popular player at that point in time amongst other players, you're right, gonna right, right. But I mean, like, you know? is I would say DJ Moore should be ahead of Brian Burns, right? I agree. I think he should too. And Christian McCaffrey should also be ahead of Brian Burns. But I would understand if, if like he doesn't make the list this year just because he's ultimately been irrelevant for two years. Um. How about this? Uh, Brian Burns, even though we haven't seen him quite put it all together yet, he might have the most upside out of any player on our football I agree. team. Oh, like, not uh, any player? I No, it, I mean that. Out of any player on our football team. Look, how many sacks did he manage last year? Like, nine. what, eight or nine? He's a nine, nine guy. Like, here's nine. the thing, is that if he would have – and how many plays did we see him yes. almost get home? Yeah, he could have had 14. That's, that's yeah. my um, point. He is that if you're a 13 sack guy versus a nine sack guy, it's like a different stratosphere. Yeah. Right. So he just has to crest the double digits. But the same thing with DJ Moore, though. The only reason DJ Moore isn't more highly thought of is because his touchdowns, it's four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. It's not the catches. It's not the effort. It's not the yak. It's none of that. It's just the missing, the sexy stat that scores the points. Brian Burns is close. He's on the cusp. I think the player, though, that really – I think Jeremy Chen's the best. I think he's he a, might, he might be. So yeah, hard. Lot, but you know, there's like seven safeties on the top 100 list. So a lot of people think that it's between those, those two. You know, And you made that point. It's like, look how many sacks he almost had last year. Yeah. What, what were we talking about all last year? If only he was able to finish – and finish some of those rushes. Go ahead. If he if he makes that first sack in that Dallas game against Dak Prescott at the very beginning of the game where Dak Prescott got away, I think that game changes and maybe our season changes. Our season changed on that play right there. I can call it a, like Dak Brian Burns almost got Dak Prescott on a third and long, I think, at the very beginning of the game. And they ended up uh, getting that first down and going on from there and beating the crap out of us. I think if he gets that sack, I know it sounds weird, depending oh, on what, but I think that play right is, there is where the season turned around. This is definitely a game of momentum. Like, I mean, I think there is uh, there is reality that that you can draw parallels to one play causing uh, a ripple effect in our season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, I think we could all probably go back to two thousand and. And 18 or you know whenever it was when tj watt destroyed uh cam newton's shoulder right, right. that right. now that had a little bit more immediate impact uh as far as uh cam newton having an ability to throw to where he had to have taylor heineke come in here and throw his hail marys when they needed to throw a hail mary um but uh it, like it, i think that that you're absolutely right i think there is a potential for uh one play like that to have derailed if nothing else, that game, but definitely uh, propelled us into a, a state of just mediocrity. Right. I know it's, Cody it's loves to dig in on hills. I know he loves to man the hill. And, you know, that's going to be one of our great T-shirts one day. If we could get a C3 artist, like if we could get an artist to draw this one idea up for me, I have this fantastic idea of Cody 
on the top of the hill in his wheelchair with all of us like riding on it with him <laughs> and him driving it. I think it would be the most, at least if, just an image would be so dope because Cody will die on that hill. But I tell I'm you, telling. there's one motherfucking hill I will die on. What's and that? those plays that you're talking about, those momentum plays, yeah, Graham Gano is responsible. Oh no, for two of them, motherfuckers. Two of them. We could have gone. We could have reduced the Super Bowl game to a three-point deficit. Right at halftime, I think it was halftime or the third quarter. Missed the field goal. Mm-hmm. Could have been a three-point game at that point. Changes the whole dynamic of a defensive game to where you got to score touchdowns rather than, you know, like a field goal could tie it up. Just completely of a defensive contest, a three-point and a seven-point game is a fucking completely different right. thing. Game. And then the very next game. Game, game one. one. Mm-hmm. 26-team. Cam Newton leads us down the field to win the game for an opportunity to win the game against the head-hunting ass Denver Broncos that just beat us in the Super Bowl. Graham Gano misses the field goal. We lose. And the 2016 season, uh, who was our uh, left tackle that ended up getting the concussion? That was the long... Michael Orr. Everything everything went bad. Cam walked into the end zone. Remember, he walked into the end zone. He tried to showboat into the end zone against Atlanta. Got popped. Demolished. Yeah, Yeah. and it was like concussion. Like, everything went wrong. Those two kicks could have literally changed the trajectory of our entire fucking organization, and that's why I hate Graham Gano. I still... I get Sorry, that. I don't I get like that. Jericho Cotter caught the football. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Um, okay. So, last thing. All right. So, we got the top 100. The last kind of subject, I think. I mean, we got to do the ice up picks. Um, but camp, camp confidential. And by the way, this layout, Cody, we got to try to mimic. This exact screen layout right here. Okay. <laughs> Remember this. Somebody mark down this slide because the graphic in the top left is just above us. Okay. We get the little. We're we're sitting here talking about production. Some of it we're limited to by StreamYard. Some of the stuff like that's kind of stuff that we're talking about behind the scenes. So good stuff. Email us at carolinacatchronicles at gmail dot com. We love man. We love that you guys care about the show enough uh, to to give us suggestions about how to improve it. I do anyway. There's this great author I had and uh, that I follow. And she, she said that she was right. This, she was like, write this book. And this lady came up to her and she said, I love your book, but I hate the way it ends. And now you have to write a sequel. And this is what needs to happen. <laughs> and the lady goes, I fucking love this woman because she embraced my work so much. That, that she, she thought about another way for it to end. But yeah, like she became a part of it. So like right. to me, that's a compliment, man. So look yeah. at this. Mark this slide down. This exact slide, this sizing of this picture and this, Cody, yep. just right time, right place. Sorry. 
No, Jesus. you're right. No, one thousand. My brain went crazy. Um, can't confidential broke, and this is is this the third or f- how long has Carolina been doing this? I don't know. I mean, I feel uh, like it's about the third year, maybe they've done this. Maybe it's longer. I feel like we did the all or nothing with Amazon one year. I don't know how long Camp Confidential has been out, but this is at least the third one. I want to say like 2018. Okay. Like maybe to that around 2017, 18, around that time, they've been doing Camp Confidential. And yeah, people look forward to it now. I mean, we end up finding out a lot of tidbits. Last year, we pretty much knew the entire draft process, um, you know, of uh, Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule because of a lot of the things that we saw in Camp Confidential. So, uh, you know, they're very revealing. Um, I've noticed a lot of people are kind of down on this Camp Confidential. I'm not gonna lie, like Matt Rule is Matt Rule to me. I never. All right, I let's start with that. Let's start with that. Yeah, the first- like. The first scene is him giving the, and maybe it's not the first scene. I think they do the welcome or whatever, but I'm just trying to think of my points right away. I went off on a tangent a few weeks ago or months ago, and I just fucking unloaded on Matt Rule about being a total nerd. And people were like, Tony, have you heard <laughs> yourself? Do you, and they met, they brought some great points. I'm a nerd, but his talk, his rah-rah speech, and this kind of goes to it, is that we saw this, that we saw that halftime speech of Ron Rivera in that 2017 season, in that very game that CK was mentioning with the shoulder, and I was ready to run through the fucking door for Ron Rivera. He looked at Dante Jackson, he's like, you fucked up, but you know what, let's go fucking punch you. You know, he's just, man's man. Matt Rule looked like a teacher talking up there, and I'm a teacher where nobody's listening. And it was, I don't know if I want to say it's a stale message, but my man said this. He said, don't call your girlfriends. Don't call your agents. Go and win the competition. I I feel like Matt Rule almost believes he's living in a more important universe than he is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't think. I don't think it was a bad speech. I don't think it was horrible. But at the same time, I just found it like dorky as fuck. Well, the thing that is interesting to me is the idea of competition. I get right. There's nothing wrong with wanting competition when it's needed, right? He's got this mindset that everybody needs to earn their job. Well, the reality is, again, as I mentioned last week, Some of these guys being drafted in the top 10, some of these guys having great careers up to this point, they've earned that that position. Just because they haven't earned it in your offense doesn't mean they haven't earned it. Like, I'm honestly starting to think, like, I, I try to draw parallels to my life, right? If everything I did was constantly a fight for my job, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want to have to come somewhere every year and worry about, am I going to be the guy or not? Right. Am I going to have a seat to sit in and actually support my family? Or am I going to go somewhere who actually, you know, values what I may bring to the table without me having to fear for, you know, my job every single time. Now, if you're good enough, I know some of these guys, they're, they're so good that they don't really have to worry about that. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, these guys are grown ass adults. If you think that somebody's the the starter, put them in the starting position. This whole icky situation is absolutely asinine to me. Um, and, and so this breeding of competition, that that's that rah rah speech that's supposed to get everybody so excited to compete. It's just, I feel like it. If I'm an adult in that room, it falls on deaf ears. I'm just sitting there waiting for that speech to be over so I can go put it in the work and try to save my job because apparently it's on the line. He's barely earned his own job. Let's just go right. and put that one. Uh, he's fighting for his own job. You know what? He better not call his wife. He better not call his agent. He better go out and earn it. Uh, the last point, I'm going to turn it over to you guys just to comment on that rule in the camp confidential is that it really does feel like a speech that you give to college kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, and I look, and I, and I know that just sounds like a knock. And what I'm saying is this, I don't know if it's just a, such a leap. It's just like, do you know, like when, when you're younger that people try to like promise you that the world, like if you work hard, if you do like, like all, like this, like kind of idealistic look at the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's like, Hey, if we come in here, he's like, that's about team, team. But, you know, and it's just like, everybody's got talent. He's a cornball. Yeah. I love your man. Awesome. It goes back. It just kind of reminded me of the speech that he gave the Florida team. Yeah. And uh, Take Matt, note. like, it, it, it's, not that, it's not that Matt Rule is a liar, because I don't believe that Matt Rule is a liar. I just believe that he's delusional. In, That's in a better explanation. Of, yes. Yeah. In terms, he of, really thinks what he's saying is right. Yeah. Oh, he believes. There is no doubt that man believes every single thing that he's saying without mm-hmm. question. The difficulty is, it's like you're getting high on your own supply. He feels that he's <laughs> the best. He is the best coach since mm-hmm. sliced bread. And uh, by the way, Stephen Kirby with the great comments says, "Look at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer felt like he was the man." And by mm-hmm. the way, when you're a head coach at the college football team, you're the big man on campus. Literally, right. what you say goes. I mean, anything that you tell your players to do, they pretty much have to do it. They don't get a chance to play football. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, man. I 100% agree with that. I think Matt Rule is a college-style head coach. And, you know, nothing that he has done yet has proven that they're actually building something. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. A lot of people have been saying, if you listen to Panthers players, they seem to be bought in, that they seem to be believing everything that Matt Rule is saying, that if there is some idea of a brand, that the Panthers know what it is and that they're on the same page as Matt Rule. I hope that's true. But at the same point, I also know that as a player, especially if you're competing for a starting job, you're not going to go out there and say, yeah, man, our coach, eh, he kind of doesn't have any idea what the hell he's doing. Like right. They're going to tell you that they believe in their leader, that they believe in their coach. They're not going to tell you otherwise. So I don't know how much you can take that to the bank. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, no, I, I agree with you there. But at the same time, like there's there, there's a lot of times where the players like, OK, the players coming together and, and, and buying into a system you can have that without a coach. Like any anybody who's been a part of a team and wants to have any kind of success realizes that without even having a set leader, you've got to come together and be on the same page to, to, to make things work. And these guys want to get paid. 
So them coming together is not always on the coach. You're going to come together a little bit regardless. It's how well you gel is what the coach does. Right. And, you know, Matt, I agree with you. Matt rules a college coach. Uh, I just Matt, he's a college coach. I hope Good this, I mean, coach. look, he could step ahead this year. This Maybe. is you know, the year he can reach, he can turn this narrative on our, on me. And right now it's just like one of those things is like, we've got, we've had a bad date. You know, now it's on you to make the date better this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like that it's impossible that this could work out or something like this. But it's just, it almost feels like an administrator to me. And I work at a college, you know, so like, it's just like these buzzwords. Right. And you're just like, hey, let's make data-driven decisions. That They love to say that. That that used to be fun for people to say five years ago. Data-driven decisions. You'd be like, motherfucker, you don't even really look at the data. Like, like, analytics, you like, I mean, you gotta, yeah. like, they're like, I mean, you gotta dive down it and to find meaning into it. You can't just, like, and that's where I think a lot of the old hats used to make fun of the analytics coaches too much is like analytics are helpful, but for the sake of analytics, they're not. Like, you have to apply them in a meaningful way. So, like, yes, is that it is about team. The real people do win. And maybe I'm just negative. Maybe I'm just sour on it. Right. But how about this? is that was the only moment they gave Matt rule in this Matt rule is not the star of the Carolina Panthers. Right. Number one. That's what we learned from camp confidential. The star of the Carolina Panthers, Lynn Leonhardt pointed out was Dante Jackson. She was like, God, there's a lot of filler for him. But uh, I want you guys, I got a four or five takes away from camp confidential. that came out. What are you guys is I'm going to pass the mic. Y'all what, what stuck out to you about other than, my first was Matt Rule. was a dork. Second, what do you guys think? What'd you get? What'd you gather? So one of the things that I really took away from it, um, and you know, this is something that I feel like is a step in the right direction towards making me like Baker Mayfield more than I do. Um, uh, I think that today he was, uh, or during Camp Confidential, rather, uh, he was really good. Uh, Baker Mayfield, rather, was really good at taking Matt Corral under yep. his wing and um, kind of showing him the ropes of playing NFL football. And if you've been a proponent of Baker Mayfield, part of the dream is that you are going to stash Matt Corral on the roster behind uh, Baker Mayfield and that he's going to have an opportunity to learn and to get better, and to understand things. And it feels like Baker kind of knows that as well. You know, obviously he wants to be a long-term starter, but the fact that he's doing stuff like this really says a lot to me. Let's watch. He's saying get your feet set for the out. Mm-hmm. But while you're looking set for the out, you should be paying attention to leverage. You should be able to guess where he's going yeah, based, based on, on that guy. Because if you're set for inside, he goes out, you're going to have to reset and do it. Now, if you're set for the out, you're talented enough where so you can just do it. Yeah, yeah, just set for the out, see the defender's leverage, and go from there. I like that, man. It it seems genuine. This doesn't seem to me like Baker doing this for the cameras or knowing that he was mic'd up. I like this, man. Listen, I am anything but a hater, okay? I don't hate for no reason. I give flowers and credit when they're due. And I think Baker Mayfield has done a good job of taking the young dude under his wing and trying to show him up and coach him up, you know? 
Now, I still think Matt Corral has the potential to be a much better quarterback than Baker, but the fact that it's a veteran imparting his knowledge to a young NFL quarterback who still has his entire career out in front of him, I like that. I like that a lot. I think it's important that I also bring into context something that happened at the post-game press conference when Matt Corral was, uh, you know, they were talking about the quarterback room, and uh, Matt Corral said he, like, anytime he has a question, he goes to Baker. He's like, Baker, you know, I, I always ask, what would Baker do, you know, and all that stuff. Like, Matt Corral didn't say Sam Darnold's name once about who he goes to for help like why he's in such a great room. Sam Darnold wasn't mentioned once in that. It was Baker Mayfield that he initially went to to say, you know, I, I'm learning so much from Baker. Um, when I when I have a question, I go to Baker. When, you know, I, again, and I just love that statement he makes. is like, what would Baker do, right? Not that I'm saying that I'm glad that he's learning behind Baker, but there is clearly one person who is taking Matt Corral under his wing to try to teach him the ropes. Uh, the best he can coming into a tough situation, uh, you know, uh, already. And that's that's Baker Mayfield. It's clear based on everything we've seen up to this point. That clip is and, and, and out of context. I think it's easy. If you didn't have that paired with that press conference, you could almost say, you know, Matt Corral, or I'm sorry, um, Baker Mayfield did have a mic on. And so he knew this was possibly going to be broadcasted and. And how much of this is real when they know that they're gonna they're being watched, right? But when you hear Matt Corral himself state the things that he said in the post game, yeah, like it's you, when you combine those two things, I think it's clear that Baker Mayfield's doing credibility to mm-hmm. that moment validates that moment. I thought the one other thing that stuck out to me when it just sticking with that quarterback thing is, and, and I know this is produced, so we don't really get to see like what's really like how these people really feel like we're not on the couch with them but when i saw that interaction between corral and baker and baker and darnold i didn't feel the animosity and the threat it almost felt like at least baker was definitely comfortable enough in his skin sam darnold we can't tell like if he ever gets shook you know he's like i'm seeing ghosts. he's like he's just that california kid that like nothing really it's like i'm just mm-hmm. It was just so like he just ate a big old edible and went to practice. But like I was a little surprised that the competition iron sharpens iron was not more heated and not that they needed to be talking shit. It just felt like it was like this super friendly like dude's day. Like they were going to pull out the like have a little picnic or something. Mm -hmm. And but I don't, I'm, I, it's not a negative. I am giving this as a positive. I actually felt like all of these guys, maybe it's just because they're making $18 million a year. So who gives a real fuck? Like their life is roses anyway. But they felt comfortable in their, I, I thought they looked comfortable in their skins, even Sam Darnold. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't disagree with that. Uh, Greg, did you have something you want? No, I, I mean, it, Y- y'all pretty much hit all the points on the, on that with there. It's just the Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield comparison is 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 done. You know, yeah. with everything I've seen, with what I've seen with my own eyes, the production, what I've heard about with the reports, me going to the stadium myself and seeing more Sam Darnold jerseys present, or excuse me, Baker Mayfield jerseys present, and Sam Darnold being worn and for sale in the team stores, it's just over. Like like a, 
I, I think Tony, you're right. These guys are both in a, I'm making $19 million a year this year. I think Sam, Dar- look it, for me personally, if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm, I'm, I'm living my life, man. I, I am a backup. Clawson, I, though, just I retire, have, bro. Yeah. I have the best job in the world. I'm a backup quarterback Hell making $19 yeah. million dollars a year. That is the absolute best job in the world, man, because odds are you're probably never going to play, and all you got to do is suit up and show up and practice and work out every week. No, and, just and you're going to make $19 million. Oh, like, love it. I don't feel bad for Sam Darnold. I don't want him on the team. I don't think he'll ever start in the NFL again. He can make a decent backup quarterback. Make that money doing that, man. All right. Uh, next thing that stuck out to me on Camp Confidential is I really, I've been asking this since Luke Keekley retired. Yeah, or maybe not asking it on this show, but in my heart of hearts. And I think that caller who asked, "What's the foundation of us going forward?" Remember the caller who asked? He said, "What is the foundation?" I said, "It was young. It's about youth and speed." I think really what the psychoanalyst of or analyzation of that call is like who's our constant who's our north star who are our people our buoys in the ocean that we can hold on to the the lamp we follow and if it's not our coach i mean at least with the patriots like i mean think about what the patriots are going through they don't have tom brady but you could still say well it's belichick you have these constants we lost all of our constants, a constellation, a constellation of constants all at once. We lost Cam, Luke, TD. It was just like all of a sudden we got we we're in a complete. My friend, one of my friends, brings this up is that, and he's not even a Panthers fan. He said, "I saw this guy wearing." And this was years ago. This was like 2019. He brought this up. He's like, "Bro, I saw this guy wearing the 2015 Panthers." Uh, NFC champion shirt, and it's got Keekly, Davis, Cam, Olsen, and like Charles Johnson on it, mm. you know. And he goes, None of them are on the Panthers anymore, not a single fucking one of them, Maybe yeah. 20, you know. And so, what I what stuck out to me with this camp confidential was I finally got a sense of the new leadership of the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, I'm not trying to put them in the shoes of those. Yeah, but you, we, need, we need guys to step into those positions. Right. And that they're very sorely needed on. And here's what on, I saw. Dante. Saw Dante Jackson. Yep. And Jeremy Chin. And Brian Burns on defense. Yeah. You want me to play that and clip saw, of uh, Jeremy Chin? Yeah. And I saw Taylor Moten on offense. And I think that's about it. I think those are my guys. Those are our I mean, dude, those are all the those are all the guys that are the leaders on the football team. Play us right. this Jer- I think Jeremy Chin might be the silent a fucking assassin on this team. Yeah. And think about yeah. how young he is. Yes, think yeah. about how young this mug is. Like they're all friends, they're all on the same team. But sometimes you have to hold your peers to a higher level. I mean, especially if we're all if all of us are saying that Matt Rule is lacking that leadership quality that you need to be the head coach of a football team, well, damn it, it doesn't hurt to have players like this bringing your team back up to speed where they need to be. Hey, man, hold on. I got to say something real quick because we dropped way too many. Oh, my God. I was going to get there. (laughs) This this is what we preach about, though. You know what I'm saying? The plus 17, 34 plus, bro. 
Like, what the fuck are we doing if we out here just dropping shit and ah, fuck it. you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta hold ourselves accountable. Word. Right, hey, that's true though, dog. That's true. That's the only way we're gonna get to get to the top of the league with this, bro. Plus 17. That's what we're gonna do, dog. And start with me. I gotta catch the ones that come to me. We all do. So that hey, but overall, dog, great day, dog. Great day. The intensity was high. We competed our ass off, bro. Everybody hot, everybody tired, but we ain't still came out this competed. Just keep stacking though. Where my dogs at? I love that, man. And that's everything that you said, Tony. Jeremy Chin and Dante Jackson stepping up to the plate. And demanding more from their teammates, man. And you know what? When you know that those guys are genuine, when Jeremy Chin comes over to you and says, hey, man, we're not doing enough. It even hits you different. It's so calm. It's, it's like, like uh... Damn, Jeremy, you're right. You're right about that, man. Like when someone like that says something to you, it hits you different. And Jeremy Chin has turned into that. And to be honest with you, this man has been that player from the very you moment one, that he was drafted. How about this? What if you said this? What the fuck you know, Jeremy Chen? be like, I'm the only motherfucker in the history of the world that has had two back-to-back <laughs> fumble recu- scoops and scores. Tackle leader for the Panthers last year. Back-to-back plays, bro. They He scooped and scored. They kicked it off. And he scooped and scored again, man. But that has never also, happened in the history of the world. You'll probably never see it again. Do da- you remember when Thomas Davis retired? And they were doing that press conference for him at the end. Jeremy Chen was there. He knew how important Thomas Davis was to the organization. He wants to continue to be that kind of player. Dude, I love Jeremy Chen. And I also feel like Dante Jackson is much maligned for no reason at all. I understand a lot of Panther right, fans right. Just don't yappy. love the guy. Just but, yappy, dude, but also, he played a lot better for us last year. We always used to complain about him tackling on space. I felt like last year he jumped in that category by leaps and bounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, think about this. How about this? We're talking about Dante Jackson being a leader on this team, where just in 2017, what was it? Was that the year? Was it 2017 we had the all or nothing, where they were just fucking roasting and chastising? No, 2018. 18 remember like and they like justin reed uh who was it reed and not uh reed uh, and captain uh, Marlin. captain Marlin took him over and they're like trying and he was young he was a young boy he's still yappy as fuck and just mouthy but that's fine but i tell you this is like uh my bastard son white chocolate espresso is that we still lost that game on top of that not only did we lose that game i think jeremy chen single-handedly scored more points in the offense and yeah just fucking crazy all right so new leadership taylor moten turns out to be a neat freak taylor moten was lecturing everybody on where to put the washcloths where to put the towels why the fucking tubs don't work because you little bitch ass kids are just ruining everything i understand it he's becoming a dad he's dealing with the children the next thing that stuck out to me on this camp confidential was i really didn't see a lot of christian mccaffrey And just to kind of parlay that off of our leadership role, I just feel like as Brian Burns is becoming such a larger face of this organization, Christian McCaffrey is less and less the featured person. And somebody was saying this is like, um, it was FSU. He's he's always here. I'm going to go find his name. But it was like, this is a ripoff of Hard Knocks. Well, of course. I mean, I guess. But you know what's cool about this is that the Panthers own 
media department makes this instead of like putting together a multi-billion dollar production team. So Hard Knocks has been going on for what, two decades or some shit like that or close it's to it? Probably yeah, slightly since, scripted as well. Since yeah, I mean, Shannon yeah. Sharp was still playing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is cool. Like, I think that a lot of teams should be. It's like kind of like, well, we could say this is we shouldn't be having this podcast because ESPN did this 20 years ago or whatever. But no, I mean, I understand. We're not trying to say it's better than Hard Knocks, but or whatever. I don't even really care. I don't. It's not either or. I just want to watch this one. Um, but if you were trying to televise this to the world, isn't Christian McCaffrey got the most name value on this team out of anybody? He's a good looker. You could you're trying to tell me this that you couldn't give me a little glamour shot of glamour shot of Olivia Copa at the first preseason game. Just eat into it. No. Chris McCaffrey's kind of missing. I I, I honestly missing. think and that's all I mean it's not a knock, just missing. I honestly think, Tony, that right now, Christian McCaffrey's not the biggest name on this team that's recognizable. I think Baker Mayfield is. Yeah. Oh, cool. to, be, yeah. to be to be to be truly honest with you, I think ba- look, I, I, I've so seen much, Carolina bro. in so many NFL shows or sports shows. They they were the lead topic of of Skip and Shannon yesterday. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, like Sam Darnold, has put Carolina back in the media map as far as being talked about. Christian McCaffrey, even in his year, we got a thousand and a thousand, wasn't doing that. Cam was on a losing one year. Yeah, on a losing team. So, why does Baker? Why is it when we saw this? We saw this with Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a certain gravitational pull to him. And I know everybody gets upset with me anytime I try to put the next whatever you know, like I mean, and I love Cam more than anybody. I'm a Cam sexual. I'm the first one. Um, but Baker's name slaps, bro. Mm-hmm. His name slaps like if here, if we, you know what we should do is you should put is, is Baker's name in this, in our show title, bro. Yeah. Oh, trust yeah. me. I'm, oh, it will I, already, it's like algorithms. You know, already, no, I mean, his name slaps more than any, but like it is, got, it has a gravitational pull of a Cam Newton, of a Donald Trump, of a Barack right. Obama. There's just certain people that have a grab. Why do you hate him? You want I think I know why. Yeah, I, I think, know. I think I know why, and it's because they don't have that Sam Darnold personality. Like, look, we have a problem with Sam Darnold and his personality. But if Sam was balling out, then everybody would say, "Oh, he's the perfect quarterback. He's the type of player that Colin sure. Cowherd would be oozing all over." Because everything that he says is by the book. He doesn't talk trash. He's clean cut. All this other stuff, right? Boring. Everybody knew that Cam Newton was different. And he was like, you know how different he was via the things that he said, how he dressed, all those different things. And by the way, Cam Newton said it before, there's never been no one that looked like him doing what he did. Right. You know, a, a six foot five, 240 pound no, black there might not ever be NFL another one. That was just dominating everything, man. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think that there's a similar thing with Baker Mayfield in that he does talk a gang of shit. He's not afraid to let you know. Yeah, he plants the flag. He's not afraid to let you know. He's not afraid to let you know that he feels that he is an alpha dog. But also what comes with that 
is a lot of criticism as well. So whenever Cam Newton did bad or whenever Baker, Baker Mayfield had a down performance, all the haters double up on them even more because of how different they are. So it's a blessing and a curse, man. They have a lot of fans that adore them for their bravado and for their attitude. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. It comes with a much higher standard on what people will and won't accept from a performance. Yeah. um, Let's see. Uh, other thing that stuck out to me is Matt Corral got big ass fucking feet. Oh, I knew, I knew you. Were, Dang, as soon dude, as I this saw is it, ginormous. Dude, as soon like, as I it saw it, it does look like it. Like I'm, I'm with Baker on this. Is uh, yeah, my kid? Enormous. My kid used to be friends with this kid, and they don't hang out, man, because you know we're middle school friends. And this motherfucker wore like a twelve when he was like in sixth grade, and it just looked like. Wait a sec. I mean, it just didn't look right. Not only did it look right, the bend on it didn't look right. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, are you sure you're not 11? <laughs> yeah, like it was like, and Baker said, how many socks are you wearing? <laughs> a lot of, that shit was a fit. Do you have it? Do you have this clip? Uh, No? Okay, okay. I can, no, you I can't. Can, no, you don't got to worry about it. Like, uh, 15, a size 15? Yeah, that's a good dude. A size fifteen. Oh, corral, baby! Like if you didn't, didn't somebody ask on the show the other week? Is like who's the hottest, sexiest quarterback or something like that? Because they know that I'm always making sex sex analogies. (laughs) Well, God, if Matt Corral didn't just continue to climb. (laughs) (laughs) No, so are you saying you think this man has Teddy Bridgewater syndrome? Oh. I don't know. I hope I, I hope on, I don't Come learn on, it the way we learned about Teddy. <laughs> you never you still have first name with Teddy, though, right? Look, I, I know it's like please, please <laughs> that way. I feel everybody feels uncomfortable in this picture. <laughs> I do. It's the pleats. Oh it's the pleats in the pants. And then the thing about this is that same person who has a you know what that hangs to their knees. Also dressed up as Tadisha. What is the irony in the life as all of us with not that in our whatever have more masculine? And then this mother's like, you know what? I got such a big dick. I'm going to dress up as a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, someone said that uh, Teddy was doing it for a. uh, a project oh, say it's a fundraiser. Dude, oh my I god! No it's idea. like a transgender association or some shit. Come on! I do think that no. it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, Matt has a size Everybody would have come too. back quicker than that. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't make fun of a picture for two years. If you would have said this, if we would have just trashed on somebody who was raising money for a transgender organization. They would have come back and killed everybody from day one. Mm-hmm. But Tadisha, Tadisha was dressed like a girl for Halloween. Y'all want to see this? Y'all want to see this? Yeah, uh, I do want to see this. It's kind of ridiculous. And this right here, best. I like this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is Matt Corral size 15 shoe. Personal 
I like this jump rope exercise. This feet look big as hell. What size shoe do you wear? Fifteen. You don't. What do you put extra socks in? You sure. You're not See, he's charismatic, man. Mayfield is charismatic, dude. Look, even I mean, he's charismatic. That's the other thing is not only is he kind of spark something, but he's got enough charisma to hang on the moments where you like him. It's not just about putting the flag on Ohio State or whatever the fuck right. he did. It's not just the controversial spots. It's like look, his his fucking commercials. Hey man, we're talking about Matt Corral right now, dude. Okay, not Baker um, Mayfield. Mike, he stole the fucking show. He stole the show. My quarterback has a size fifteen shoe. I'm just saying, dude. That is what it is. Just like two plus two equals four. I'm pretty Matt sure Matt nice uh, uh, Pat Eflin's gonna step all over his big ass feet, and they're gonna. <laughs> oh no! All right, Pete. I was say, is that gonna be an issue? Having way too big of feet, clown shoes, and Getting your feet stepped on. Oh, can you imagine if people start it's like to short say arms? That is, that is yeah. not a good runner because his feet are too big or something <laughs> like that, dude. That's and, and everybody thought he was very athletic and fast, and now they're like, oh, clown shoe corral. He's got platypus <laughs> feet, dude. What else can we say, <laughs> man? Uh, <laughs> anything else step out, st- um, stick out to you for me? Matt Rule's a nerd. Tabor, mm. I think Tabor was cool on that. Uh, Moten is a clean freak. Trying to think, is that 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 was kind of my camp confidential shit? I love that uh, Taylor Moten is the father of the oh, team. You know what I, I mean? Know. He's like the yeah. adult in the room. Clean your He's fucking like, hey, room. <laughs> pick up your shit. You're a grown man. You're adults. Don't be a slob. Clean your shit. And dude, it's funny because you need people like that. Like you really do need people like that to like put you in line and make you yeah. be a better person. You said you, know? you broke the hot, you broke the ice tub or the hot tub because y'all asses are cannonballing in. Stop yeah. being an idiot. Like just let's put the eggs away and move on. All right. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, bro. And look, um, we were powered. We powered through so much information tonight. And think about this, y'all assholes. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna ice. I'm gonna save my ice up. This is my ice up. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's ice some fools up. The longest running segment on the Panther uh, C3 Panthers podcast. We're the longest running Panthers podcast. We've been doing this segment since the ice up was created, bro. That happened in the first season that I was doing this show. Uh, that and uh, irony of this is my man, uh, or my man, I hate that dude, the Kib Talib, Talib, Akib, whatever the fuck his name is, I always yep. confusing with the rapper. Um, you know, a lot of people were celebrating him for being on the, the Amazon Prime. I heard, um, who was it? He was on Dan Patrick. Uh, it's like the best voice in fucking sports. They're doing the Amazon show, they're calling the Thursday night games for Amazon. And he's part of the, and Talib, uh, Akib, Akib Talib is whatever the fuck his name is. He's part of the broadcast team. Maybe not anymore. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, it was his brother with him, right? I, somebody said he was part of the fight, though. Was he? 
Somebody, I saw. I mean, I, I can I believe it. To, I won't trust anything on the internet at this point. But somebody said that he threw a punch in that fight. I'm like pretty he sure he had did, or did he get shot? Did he shoot somebody or he yeah. get shot? No, I don't think it was. Shot. I think it was just his brother that now is facing some really deep shit. I saw uh, I mean, saying he was I, there in the fight, and I don't trust it. But here's the thing. He's already been in a lot. He was a volatile in the league, right? Yeah, he right. might be he off this controversial player. Yeah. Well, he had been trying to like kind of rejuvenate his look. He had a podcast. He had started to do commentary, and like you were talking about, uh, I thought he was one of the better commentators last year. Uh, yeah, man. I don't. I don't know if this is going to affect him long term or not. But uh, well, we've been running this segment for since that moment right. happened. Mm-hmm. But very far. I mean, we did that the week after our ice up picks, ice up son, ice up son. It's where we tell someone, anyone, everyone is fair game to ice up, toughen up, to get it together, hit them with it. Ice up, son. Ice up. I'm going to go first. I'm icing up y'all fools. All right. Fuck you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> y'all three. <laughs> yeah, right. Y'all three right here. So I'm going to here. In the background, Greg is trying to help us. He's sending me these messages about how long, because one of the things we're long, I'm long-winded. He's sending me these messages in the background going, we've been talking about Icky for 13 minutes. And kind of like, he's this. He's doing good stuff. Helpful. Thank you, Greg. Keep it up. But my ass goes on vacation. <laughs> I go on vacation. I'm sitting here my whole life for the last 10 years is going, I need to make this podcast move. I got to get through this material faster. We got to find a way. And I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I And I am. I go in this and then I'll say something. I'll be like, well, what? let's talk about bank robbery movies or some <laughs> stupid shit like this. So I go on vacation and I go to the Dominican Republic. And thank you guys. First, I'm going to start with a thank you for keeping the longest running Panthers podcast running. We haven't missed a beat, missed a week. We moved it from a Tuesday to a Wednesday or a Tuesday for a Monday occasionally, rarely, but haven't missed a week going into or in our 10th season now. So thank you. It starts with a thank you. But the ice up goes to these three fools on the panel right here. So somehow I go to sleep at night, hate myself about how long I've run to ruin their lives, make them stay up so late. How I've been, oh my God. They're like, Tony, stop talking about this shit. Tony, stop talking about this. These motherfuckers went and did a three, a four hour show. Let's just say four hours. It was three hours and 52 minutes. And don't <laughs> give me, there were 22 calls, bro. We have had 22 calls a lot of times. Y'all get the ice up for longest deep windbags in the history of the world. I feel so much better about myself, dude. I'm not only the problem. I'm just part of the problem. Ice up, son. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How about them numbers, though? Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. We also, you, 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 wanna, you say that. 
But we also got like 50 more subs that night. And <laughs> I know. Y'all oh, yeah, big things. But I looked at, I looked, I mean, I swear I pulled it up. And first, actually, this is what happened. I pulled it up. I, was, I, I pulled it up. I was like, God damn, look at these views. Again, Baker Mayfield in the title. Baker Mayfield slaps, bro. Mm-hmm. That was one thing. The thumbs up were fucking incredible. Like we crested 300. It was a great show, obviously. But then I looked at, so I went from that to that, and I was like, what? <laughs> Four hours? <laughs> you don't go to one, I mean, it was three hours and 52 minutes. Dude. Yeah. You got to 12.52? Jesus. Oh, yeah. It was like, and look, uh, I was feeling bad about 30 minutes ago when I thought we were getting close to being done, and I was like, nah, <laughs> let's talk about this camp confidential for another hour. It's 11.40. We're getting out of here early. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay. You're you know welcome. You know what's true, though? And you know why we love our C3 fans? Because what our man Jarvis Judson says right here is true. They'll ride with us for all four hours. Yeah, man. they will. We have bro. some incredible damn so dope. fans, dude. So dope. Um, so yes. Cool. Compliment uh, and ice up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love y'all. I love all y'all. All right, who's up? <laughs> love you too, I- brother. I like that um, you did a personal one, Tony, because I got a personal one too. If nobody else cares, go, go ahead. Oh, cool. Uh, so, okay. Last week, man, Fan Fest was awesome. It was a great day. I had two doctor's appointments, both of them turned out awesome. I got to go down to Charlotte. I love Charlotte. I got to eat lunch with CK and his family, man. Got to hang out with them. Got to meet Cody. Got to meet Kevin. Yeah. Panther Stadium in great seats everything is going great. My wife got to go with me. I didn't think she was going to get to go. So um, I, I run another show, um, the Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. And my podcast partner, Ross, is he's been my best friend for my whole life. I can't remember my, any time without him. And he happens to be there too, but he's on the other side of the stadium. So I'm spending most of this uh, this uh, fan fest walking around the stadium, passing out decals, saying hey to Ross, going over to Cody and Kevin, coming back to CK, just just you know interacting, having a great time. I get all the way to the other side of the stadium where my friend Ross is at. And, you know, I vape, right? When I'm in public, I don't, I, I, I inhale it, but I don't let any smoke out. Just out of respect for the people, even though it's just water vapor and doesn't really bother people, I just, I just don't let it out, right? So nobody would know unless you see me put it up to my mouth and vape, right? This kid who's a security guard comes up and taps me on the shoulder about five minutes after I've been standing over there like leaning up against the pole, talking to Ross and taps me on the shoulder and tells me that he's wanting to kick me out of the stadium. And just the way he approached me, he was like, Hey, he was like, uh, I'm going to kick you out of the stadium. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, what's going on? You know? And he was like, I saw you vaping over there on the other side of the stadium. I said, okay. He says, so I may have to kick you out. And he's like, get up in my face. Like I may have to kick you out. And I was like, Okay. Like just, just kind of not, not being, there's another security guard sitting right beside me. He's a little bit older of a gentleman. Just kind of laughing at the whole thing. Right. And, uh, he's like, are we going to have a problem here? Is there, is this going to be an issue? Do I need to call somebody else in here? And my, I'll kind of look at my wife and look at the security guard. And I was like, nah, man, we're cool. He's like, well, if I catch you doing it again, he was like, you're out and we're going to ban you for a while. So this whole thing is going on. I'm not bothering anybody. And this kid goes all the way across the stadium to approach me to tell me this, which is just so funny. And, I don't know if you guys ever have that moment. Like when you're younger, I feel like any adult you see up to a certain age feels like they could automatically kick your ass. You know, 
Yeah. I feel like I'm at that point where I'm that adult when kids see me. It doesn't matter if you're bigger than me. I feel like kids could look at me and feel like, well, that got kicked my ass. And this is one of oh, those I kids, this little opposite. beanpole I teenager. Feel like I kick all their asses. Well, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like I, I feel like the kids feel like they could, I could kick their ass. You know, like I feel like I'm at that age. You know, and this kid's just this little beanpole teenage kid. Just, and I just couldn't believe the effort he was going through to try to kind of buck up to me and look big. And for the whole night, that was the only thing bad in the entire experience for Fan Fest. So I recommend it to everybody next year because we're gonna have big things next year too. Um, but to that kid, I couldn't catch his name because I couldn't see his name badge. But uh, of everybody there that's having a great time, he seemed to have a problem. So I sub. Yeah. Well, sub. vaping, man. It's against the law. Yeah. No, in, right. the, in the stadium, which is so crazy. Hey, I don't really care. I'm done. Look, if I get because uh, I want to extend this, we're going to talk another hour and 12 minutes about me not smoking cigarettes. If I can get two more weeks, if I can get to September. I haven't smoked cigarettes in a year. Hell yeah. Damn. Nice. No, awesome. No cheats. No vapes. Nice. No supplements. No. And you know what? And it's not. And I wasn't even the hardest of hardcore smokers, but I've been smoking on and off since I was 15 years, 14, 15 years old. Right. I used to smoke a lot. I quit. Stop. It's been a fucking battle mm-hmm. my whole life. Hardest thing to quit. Man. Um, it is. I still dream about them, dude. Like I have dreams where I wake up, and I, this is like I wake. I wake up. I smell my. I'm like, <sighs> dream. You know, <laughs> I, did, I didn't like, dream. You can't hide it, bro. You can't hide it. Like you can wash yeah. your hands, man. You smell like cigarettes. Um, but the funniest thing about that is all of those rules, and we used to smoke cigarettes like in the most confined ass space. <laughs> In the world, bro. Like Airplane. back to the 80s. <laughs> Airplanes. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. You could be like, you'd be like, your parents would be smoking cigarettes in the car with the windows rolled up. You'd be like, can you open the window? Like, no, nah, I'm fucking smoking a cigarette. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. All right. All right. Who's next? Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, CK, if you want to go. There you go. You're good, dude. No, you, you want to go first? I can, I'm still kind of pulling mine up. Um, mine's going to be pretty simple. I mean, obviously, I already talked about the broadcast in uh, New England uh, joint practice uh, being a bit uh, problematic, um, that, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, uh, appalling some of the things that I had heard. Um, but outside of that, while the press conferences were happening, all right, I don't know if you guys listened to all the press conferences, but those people in New England are rowdy as fuck and like the entire time they're doing these press conferences all you hear in the background are these like kids and adults yelling baker baker and like yelling (laughs) at the top of their lungs christian mccaffrey christian mccaffrey (laughs) and like you watch the video of, of christian mccaffrey going over there to sign some shit for him and like it, I, Olivia, I want to fuck you. <laughs> I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. I, I'm for these players, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I wouldn't sign a single fucking autograph for anybody who acts like that. Like, not once. I was so irritated by that, and I know that's kind of what you what you have to do to get the attention of the players. Uh, but I couldn't be one of those people. I just can't, and that might be why I'll never get autographs. But if I'm those players, man, I am like I, I I feel bad for him. I feel bad for anybody who's a star who just 
can't go somewhere without having to worry about somebody asking for your autograph or or anything like that. It just it seems a bit, you know, it just seems a bit uh, impersonal, but also like it's I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word. Wow, it, man. It's, it's kind of like a, when you remember that uh, moment just a week ago when Brian Burns was there and they asked, like, what do you think about being the third round quarter quarterback to Matt Corral and Brian Burns? Yeah. Just like, what kind of stupid fucking question is that? Yeah. Like, just have some sense about you request it. And you don't get the autograph. You don't get the autograph. Just go on fucking eBay and buy it for thirty bucks. That Jonathan Stewart joint. How about that football for thirty bucks? Yeah. Go go do me a favor oh and watch watch the Robbie Anderson press conference, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like you can barely focus on what Robbie. You can barely focus on what Robbie is do, uh, saying because, like, all you hear in the background are these obnoxious kids just I yelling. <laughs> Wasn't quite that to that level, but that guy was feeling it, bro. I just got so overwhelmed and uh, irritated for uh, these players in the middle of their press conference, having to deal with that in the background, still trying to focus on what the reporters are saying. Like, uh, who was it? Higgins had to ask a reporter to get closer because he couldn't hear what the reporter was saying. Like, that's how ridiculous these people were being. Um, yeah. and so, uh, I'm going to ice up, uh, those, uh, those fans who have uh, very little respect for what these players are actually in the middle of doing when they're in the middle of a press conference or anything like that. Um, whether it works or not is irrelevant. I just personally ice them up. Ice up. So. Yeah. Ice up. So listen, Tony is not the draft guy. He will tell you he doesn't like it at all. He doesn't like it. Uh, getting to know the players that end up being a bust and it's like all for naught. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm the yin to Tony Zhang, the yang to his yin. I love it, right? I love following these players and seeing what they're going to be, right? I also followed Trevor Penning, the left tackle mm-hmm. for the New Orleans Saints. And I've been at war the past couple years with PFF, because PFF passes themselves off like they're the god of analytics. Their numbers and their stats relating to football players is like the holy Bible of football stats and analytics, right? So they put out a list of the highest-graded first-round offensive rookies in week one. And there are some big names on that list. Charles Cross, who the Panthers also were interested in. Kenny Pickett, the first-round quarterback selected to Pittsburgh. Garrett Wilson, big-time wide receiver out of Ohio State. But number one, above all of them, was Trevor Penning with a (laughs) 90.9 PFF grade for rookies. Now, y'all look at this man right here on the edge. And tell me if this is a man who scored a 90-something PFF grade. (laughs) Really? Really that big-ass turnstile starting fights for no reason? That's the best rookie offensive lineman? That's the best rookie player? What are we talking about, man? Stop pretending that PFF is all you need to know 
about whether or not a player is a good football player. At the end of the day, PFF is doing what everyone else is. They're giving you their subjective opinions on the film that they have watched about football players. They are not correct all the time. And oftentimes, they will try and convince you that a dog shit football player is actually really good. Remember when they said Daryl Williams was the best right tackle ever and yet was always getting destroyed for us? Yeah, that's one of them. They also love Michael Jordan, who we all know from watching him time and time again. Michael Jordan is not a good football player, man. So to PFF and to everyone who believes that PFF is like the be-all, end-all of evaluating football talent, hell no, nah, man. Ice up, son. Um, ice up also to Dave Gettleman. Vern Butler got cut by the the Las Vegas Raiders back to nipple short. You know, um, Dave Gettleman had fucking Mount Rushmore status for a couple of years. Yep. 13, 14, 15, man. It looked like it was just genius. Kind of started with the Vernon Butler pick in many ways. That whole Josh Norman, Vernon Butler was on the same year, I think. Uh, but no, some guys, that's it. Um, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, uh, we chop the, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. It's the longest running show. This is our, we're in our 10th season. We start in 13, 13. We're in, we're walking into our 10th season, dude. It's fucking incredible. Uh, content's expanding. Um, but you know what's really expanding is the community, the fans, and the friends that we met. Um, Greg brought this up. He's like, I was over here. I met this. I met that. Think about that. Think about how long we've hung out and how regularly we have hung out in this space. I know you and your ultimately your life and your family far better than anybody I've met in person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's incredible when you think about that. And I still go back to this is that this podcast right here made the pandemic easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I told my wife, we got back from the Dominican Republic on Thursday. Like I said this, I said, I'm going to hang out with my friends. And she thought I was leaving. It was Friday. I was like, no, nah, I'm just going up there to fucking hang out on this Friday. She was like, where are you going? Where are you going? Like, it was motherfucker. Too. Yeah, we just went on vacation. Uh, so, yeah, um, nah, I love you guys. I love the people in the chat. And I love all that. The, the time and the community, all that. It's just y'all are my friends. We ride to the game. Uh, we talk shit together. We celebrate together. Tuesday nights. Friday nights, uh, post game shows. This Friday is going to be a fun one. Watch along, meets the yeah free for all. Good luck. Yeah. How about this? If you haven't hung out on the Friday free for all, put your own fucking seat belts on. Put your big boy pants on. You got to watch out. Them, them boys don't mess around. You better. I mean, they even be dropping porno bombs on these mugs. If you better. Nah, 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 nah. We uh, can't dropping. Oh, Cody, the last one. How about that? Is how lucky in the last one with the comments and the way the thing was organized. Uh, and and the, the fact that no one... Do, I almost don't even want to talk about it. 
Because I don't want people to look. I'm not even going to tell them. But, like, it was like, anyway. Uh, I was yeah, man. There, like, the, I was out partying. You were like, oh, you're worried. I forgot about it. You were like, so what do I do? I was like, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I still <laughs> laugh about it. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. And you can hang out with my wheel, man. Tell them how, Cody Lashney. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, come hang out, man. I'm not complaining about something related to Matt Rule. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's just kind of that's kind of my MO. That's what that I do. Cool. But um, yeah, but you know, I also uh, you know, I, I love to talk Carolina Panthers. You know, I'm I'm approachable. Anybody who wants to message me, you can absolutely do that. Um, guys, we are so close. We're so damn close, man, to four thousand subscribers. Man, if you could be a friend and tell a friend of, you know, if you have a buddy or a friend that loves the Carolina Panthers and they're looking for a cool community to hang out with, tell them about your boys, man. We're growing. We have so many irons in the fire right now for you guys. There's never been a better time to be a fan of the We need to get to that 4K. We're so close. We're as close as that 40-year-old unsatisfied married woman from New Dash HD XYZ in the dot. Like, oh gosh. Let us get to 4K and to 10K and beyond. Oh yeah. Who's next? Help us get to 10K and we'll start on OnlyFans. Oh shit. Oh but yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, actually, that how I felt. CK, uh, CK, how can I get after you? Uh, you can get me on the uh, Facebooks, under the Twitters, and the Twitches, and the TikToks, and all that stuff at Code Dizzle Allen. Um, and uh, you know, we got just so you guys are aware. Somebody put it in the in the chat. I'm gonna mess around with the new Madden. Uh, it's gonna come out on the 19th. I think is when it comes out. Um, and if uh, if I feel like it's good quality and uh, and all that stuff. I'm going to run some simulations. If it is, then we may actually bring back the Madden simulations Let's and try to make it, it more consistent. So yeah. 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 If, if, if nothing else to do, like as a mini segment, like maybe even just a super highlight of the upcoming, like to do on a Tuesday night show yeah. um, to, instead of it as its own standalone, maybe make it a segment or something like that. That might be pretty cool. But yeah, that's something that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at. I'll, I'll keep an eye out on. But uh, be on the lookout for that potentially coming back. Yeah, Greg, yeah. get in here before I ice up old rare gamer ninety nine. <laughs> uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy fifty two on Twitter is my personal handle. Hey, check it out before the show. I uh, put out a tweet about some uh, decals that I'm making oh, for yeah. the show. Uh, this is the first of many uh, contests. When I put these tweets out, the first five people to respond to me and DM me and promote the show will get f- will get one of these for free. After I've done a few promotions, maybe they'll start to be for sale. But for right now, they're kind of exclusive to these contests. So Jay Stubbs, Legacy Lynn, Kevin Boshovan, Kyle Cottrell, and Diesel Skills are my five winners. I'll nice. get those mailed out this weekend. Um, they're going to be 12 by 12s in case you have any specifications. I think Legacy Lynn hit me up. She wanted a smaller one, which is fine. But I, I just be on the lookout for when I put these out there because the first five to hit me up are going to get them. Uh, other than that, check me out at Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. We go live on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think this week we're talking about Sandman, She-Hulk, and Prey, which if you haven't seen Prey yet. Is it good? Like, and you like Predator. It's good. That's yeah, pretty All good. All right. Then I'm totally watching. I've been eyeballing it. It's oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Go to Carolina. Da- Ca- Carolina. 
catchcatchronicles.com. <laughs> click on the stories, click on the ads, buy a damn t shirt, or just check us out on Tuesday, Friday, and every day in between as we do this shit. Cody, take us out of here. Secret Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. Look at that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.